0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of The Four Horsemen, I have been deemed to be the lead on this one, as we all fight over who has to do the introductions, because no one likes doing introductions, so it's me, even though I'm kind of really the third shitty horseman, just above the guest in many ways in the hierarchy of things, but that's fine! Um, I am gonna do the introduction to this topic. Who told I him gonna... that,
1: Monty? I told you that was in complete confidence, like that was not to be revealed until episode one, <laughs> just like on gamers all over again. <laughs>
0: uh, so anyway. I am the lead on this. It is an episode about esports journalism, but before your eyes roll up into your skulls and you decide to leave and go and do something more interesting, it will be a juicy one because there have been recent developments in the world of League of Legends, particularly with how Riot are interacting with the press and how they are filtering questions from their uh, broadcast press conferences and huddles that has led one of its brightest stars. Uh, Travis Gafford, of course, everyone knows him and loves him. He is the, you know, uh, iconoclastic journalist, isn't he? Always fighting for the little guy, uh, taking on those big companies. And he's having uh, a bit of a brouhaha with Riot over this. Uh, So we're going to talk about that and some other topics besides. Obviously, Monte Cristo, no stranger to Riot's ire and wrath. uh, Foreign probably the same me i'm just persona non grata i did something these guys could never achieve that i made riot thanos me out of existence and of course as i was special guest, <laughs> we've got jacob wolf one of the lead uh investigative journalists in esports uh formerly of uh, espn now with dot esports if memory serves me correctly is am i right yeah. got it right saying, yeah. yeah perfect i didn't even research that So um, he will be giving us some unique, valuable perspective and perhaps a more balanced one than what I will be doing. Right. That's my 30 seconds. I've been fucking sensible. Boys, let's get into the topic at hand. Thorin, over to you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right. right, basically this all stems from Travis coming out, it's something he's done in the past there's a precedent for this behaviour, and what happens is he tends to come out and he presents like, look I'm bringing a story forwards I've gotten some information from Riot that what they're going to do is, and then he explains right, and in doing so, basically we'll get to the specifics, but the trend tends to be like this he's nearly always absolutely correct about what he's talking about, like what they're planning on doing, what's going to come down the pipe, but the, po- the problem and what is going to be part of the ambience of having a talk about this topic is, he is inextricably linked to the topic because he only ever acts in his old self-interest. I'm talking his literal self-interest. As in, if he was stood up in a queue right outside the riot offices and they were like, right, everyone who comes in this office, we're going to shoot in the head with a bullet. He'd wait until he was the last one to go in and go... I think we should maybe do some sort of a boycott. Or something. This is no way to... Do- it's like, they're all gone. They're all <laughs> dead, mate. Like, it's too late. You let everyone else go in one by one. So, essentially, the story on this one was... Riot, basically, a few years ago, I think now, they started to... implement, You know, like, post-game press conference. It's kind of like sports. I like get Worlds, obviously, you have it. Understandable, by the way, for Worlds. Sometimes you gonna have an enormous amount of media. You might have a very limited amount of time for the team that wins, for example. In things like the LCS, a little bit more questionable. We can get into some of the abstractions there. Like, for example... As far as I know, there isn't like 80 press people go. Do we need those people to all be filtered, bro? Okay, they start the post-game press conference in the line of sports. And of course, people like Travis want to get their questions in. They want to have their video that goes on their channel. Now, the issue is... Riot, as the one thing I'll give them props for, they always do boil the frog, generally. like They don't just go straight from 0 to 100. They tend to go in steps, and they even do that like sort of political approach of like, whoa, 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 they're going too ham on that one. Go back one step, and then they wait to go forwards again in the future, incrementally. So essentially what Riot did was, they went to like, you don't interview the players anymore, you do a press conference. In fact, submit your questions to our press conference, and then you know what, if we don't like those, those don't even get through. So they sort of went in stages, and now we're basically at the point where effective immediately uh, for the LCS. As far as I can tell, Riot can just essentially completely deny a journalist questions, whether or not he previously was approved, whether he's worked there, whether he has a 10 year work in the space, basically Riot controls all the communication from the players and the, the people in their coaching staff, et cetera. Did I miss any details on that? Well, I think that was the basic. Yeah. Story, I, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. I think it's for the Friday interviews with the yeah, players. So right. I think they're still distributing individual players later on, um, but it's, it's like the first that, yeah. day. And then also on top of that, it started out by doing this when they were asking, when they typically have a press conference where you can ask, it's you know it's a bunch of, in this case, people on like a Zoom call or whatever, or a Discord call, um, especially with the commissioner and like league operations and the leadership, um, having to pre-submit questions like four days in advance, and then having a PR person ask those questions, the selected questions, to the people and then having kind of a limited opportunity to follow up. So it wasn't that there was no follow up uh, to the questions as they were being asked, uh, but it was very limited in the capacity to do so, which is also just um, very unusual, uh, very unusual no. that they would control this, especially because, it, it, and by the way, I would encourage everybody to go watch Travis's video about this. Um, it, The problem is not with what Travis was saying, because I actually think he brings up some really good points. Um, It was more that it was Travis saying it, um, given his past history, that makes it somewhat problematic. But in isolation, you know, not to to play like whataboutism about what Travis has done previously, including literally pre-screening questions on his own content um, and employing these same practices, which he did to me personally. um,
3: Thanks uh, to me, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> that, I was the one. I was the one that made that happen. I went on the show before you wanted to go on the show. Thank and, you. <laughs> yes, there
2: you go. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it, but the point is, is that that video in isolation, he brings up a lot of super good points that we're going to go through on this show, and I do oh. generally agree with with what he said. And I'm sad he didn't come on the the show today to to talk about it. And uh, you know, we we tend to view you know this show is all about being reasonable, trying to have long form conversations to get to the bottom of something. And I agree that with Travis, that this is kind of uh, uh, an unorthodox practice and cause for alarm. And I agree that with his point that, where Where he says that setting this up as a precedent in eSports is extremely dangerous and will be used in the future for appeal to antiquity logical fallacies, where people will say, "Well, this is always how it's been done in eSports yes. in five years from now." So we kind of have to break this uh, before it starts because it leads to a total, total, total lack of transparency within our industry. And also, uh, just doesn't, you know, put a put a face or a voice or, um, you know, real individual opinions to these issues from riot uh, personnel, like riot managers, riot executives, which I think is problematic.
3: I actually agree with Travis in terms of this being like a problematic policy from right on the way that they handle press conferences. I I'm very against pre scheme questions. If anybody ever asked me, I just generally like tend to like do like bullet point topics. We're gonna hit on this, 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 this. Right? I'm not gonna like outline every single question. Sure. What's the point pointy bang on a voice interview or whatever at that point. Um, and I get asked that a lot by PR reps, and I interview some pretty powerful people, so it's not particularly uh, unexpected. I think the the devil's advocate to that that i've heard from other members of the media throughout all of this the past few weeks is that like lcs press tends to be quite amateur uh with sites like espn and others following uh, there's a lot of people in that lcs press discord myself included um who don't have a lot of experience and so like there's definitely been on occasion the like hey for using as a fake example hey Dardoc, what should i build on rumble right it was a right. stupid game question you could go look up on like sure. you know mobify or whatever fucking site you want to use for uh, your league guys.
1: basically yeah um,
3: yeah and i agree that that's dumb and you should try to figure out how to filter it but in my opinion there's also like a, a social repercussion for that if you're a member of the media yeah. and that's your question you ask a pro player how to build a champion rather than going to look it up one you look like an idiot in front of all your peers right? Everybody else who's in the press conference thinks you're stupid. The pro player thinks you're stupid, right? They're going to remember you for that one question when two years later, you're more mature and you ask an important question. They'd be like, aren't you the guy that like asked me how to build rumble two years ago, right? Like whatever the, the thing is. And so there's like, there is like a social blowback. And then if Riot doesn't want that person back, if they do that every press conference for an entire split, don't credential them for the next split. Yes. Right? Like rather than impact the entire journalist core, the entire press core, just punish the one journalist for being out of turn and like pull them aside if you're a riot PR person, and be like, hey, stop asking the stupid questions. This is your next shot. And if it doesn't clean up, you're not coming back. Right? I can I can get down with that. That's fine. Um, but I, I mean I think like screening everyone, especially the fact that there are people from DOT, Upcomer, Esports Insider, et cetera, in that press core that are mature, that have done our homework, have done the thing, know how to interact with pro players as professionals. I think punishing sort of the more professionalized uh, journalists in the space is not good.
1: Also worth pointing out, just as an aside, it's an obvious conflict of interest because if Riot, who themselves, essentially, I always say this because until the economics change in esports, this is just essentially the way the industry works, Riot's main customer for the LCS is the person who bought the LCS slot, basically the teams. So what you're doing is letting Riot potentially say to their real customer, the team, if you don't want me to ask questions, like let's say, for example, about Alfari, if it was Team Liquid, the last three weeks, it's okay, I'll make sure that those don't get through the pre-screen or I'll make sure that the one you want gets through, you know, the one that's like, isn't there maybe another, side? you know, the one that is the shill question. So that in itself is a dangerous precedent to me. It's like, I wouldn't mind, as Jacob says here, if someone, listen, we can obviously have like a, an eye test to this. If someone's asking, Patently stupid questions that are time wasting questions. That's going to be pretty easy to tell, contrasted with like if they say, Oh, it's just time wasting, but the person's asking like hard hitting questions, they've done the job, general- you're going to be able to tell just by hearing if that's nonsense or not. So I'm not against the premise of like essentially a-, a tiered system of credentialing. Like if you just start and you go there and you're a nobody guy like you're talking about, you're at the bottom and you have to sort of, you know, maybe you have to ask if few- you you get asked one or two questions, and as long as they're legit, you know, you get a bit more rope, as it were. And then the people who've been there years and years have, you know, like the best pass or whatever. Because Part of this, by the way, that ties back into the whole Travis issue is these are issues that Travis has benefited from in the past. Like, I remember years and years and years ago when literally anyone, essentially as long as you could get on the list, could just go and be a journalist. And in doing so, you know, after a game, as long as you could find them in the corridor, you could ask any player. You could ask the best player in the world. You could ask the worst, well, it wouldn't be an LCS, but you know what I mean? You could ask like Piglet or fucking Doblet or something. You could ask anyone for an interview. Now, I will say, I remember when one of the first things Riot changed was they were like, well, now what you're going to have to do is if you want like a player interview. you've got to ask us and then we'll go and ask the player and i remember saying to travis like dude how can you be in favor of this like this is bullshit like we literally are supposed to be people who came up learning networking skills in other words how to convince someone that they might want to do an interview with you or how to get over the fact that they might have like initial resistance and so i said to him dude like Literally, first of all, if you're good at your job, you'd want that because that's an advantage you have over the guy who just came and doesn't know anyone. Yep. Like, he has to essentially get credentialed by learning stuff. But secondly, in this scenario, it's going to help you in the short term because if you're someone like Travis, you're just going to get your interview probably. They're going to go, especially back then, they're going to go and get your meteor or fucking double if they whoever you want for the interview. I said, but you are realising, like, eventually, first of all, they'll use that against you one day when you're the one they don't want to come for the interview. And secondly, you're just getting a leg up unfairly in that scenario over some of the other people. So it's all, I, so I find that whole topic, always a slippery slope, because they'll always give a good reason they want to bring in one of these, like, essentially, like, a layer of gatekeeping. And I agree, by the way, with the premise of gatekeeping idiots out of the space. Of course, it's going to waste everyone's time, but you have to be really careful, as always, with who decides what the gatekeeping is and what the metrics
0: are. Well, Well, it's also... Uh, on On the... Oh uh, yeah, jump, jump in. No, yeah, sorry. to go
2: back to that point, I think that one of the other things that needs to be mentioned too is that uh when we when we talk about Riot, they've always had some questionable media policies and uh, they've played this gatekeeping game that Thorne is talking about. Remember when they literally banned LocoDoco from doing interviews yes. without giving any kind of real reason, which seriously impacted Loco's livelihood, and sure. also conveniently removed him as a potential competitor to to Travis. And so I think like outright banning people from being on site and doing these interviews is, is also a practice that they have engaged in and, and not been transparent on uh, in the past, which is, um, you know, I, I don't think that banning Loco Doco was good for the the broader LCS content scene. And we didn't we didn't hear a lot. Um, at that point in time, but they—they've kind of—it's—it's it's been th- this show is going to be about a lot of the kind of media policies and practices that they have beyond what Travis discusses, because this has been a long time coming. Uh, basically, yeah. there's been a lot of weird stuff uh, going on over the last couple of years,
3: Richard. Rich, before you before you go, can yeah. I can I talk? I want, I want to hark back to just want something, Duncan. Yeah, sure, do uh, it, of it, it. We were—he was talking, Duncan. You were talking about sort of the kind of like the privilege attached to being one of those top journalists it's funny how like crazy wishy-washy that can be so like my first riot event was msi 2015 um and i was able to actually get a, a fair amount of access kind of just what riot was doing what they do now and have done for the past six years they were gatekeeping who got what right but i was like putting in requests for some of the best players in the world and getting them in front of me and Six months later, not even six months later, I was at LCS finals in New York. I paid my way to go there as a freelancer. Um, Sort of had a plan to do enough content to make my money back uh, while working for Daily Dot as a freelancer at the time. And I was credentialed. Everything was great. Uh, It was smooth. I got to New York City. I stayed in Queens. Commuted to to Madison Square Garden. And we get there, and they go, "Okay, no one gets interviews except for Travis and ESPN." And Travis was at CBSI at the at the time. Uh, oh. I think GameSpot by that point. I think On Gamers yeah, had finally caved yeah, yeah. in on itself, um, because of the whole Reddit ban. But um, cheers, <laughs> Um. Anywho, yeah. So like, we all were credentialed and just sitting there with nothing to do. Like, I, like, went and met a few people. It was a good networking experience for me, if nothing else. But it was, like, a $1,200 networking experience that I didn't make any money back on. Because couldn't do any content other than what I could have done from home. And and I was credentialed. I was in the Madison Square Garden press room where the Knicks beat reporters sit. And it just didn't matter. Um, and so I think kind of both of what you were talking about and what Monty was talking about earlier, like... This is someone, and I've been there too, as someone that worked at ESPN, that like they are, they privilege these types of people and then suddenly yes. the privilege goes away and it's this huge deal with no interreflection. That's what really bothered me about the yes. Travis thing is he didn't look at the privilege that he's gotten his entire career yes in talking about riots media policies as a whole. Yeah, as
1: a theme, because you're going to see this throughout the episode, like I said with Travis, like he doesn't get that fucking line out of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like Sauron doesn't share power. (laughs) He thinks he does every time. He thinks he can be Saruman in every scenario. He doesn't realize (laughs) Riot just waits until, yeah, there's no one left for you. And then they just fuck you. Finally, that's what they do everyone. (laughs)
0: So yeah, uh, uh, like I've got material for Travis, so let me know when we're ready to go in, right. in on that. Well, maybe I've... keep it
1: more abstract initially, you know, get the, the voice yeah. Because
0: I've got the receipts and okay. I've, I've been rehearsing oh, it. God. I want to make sure <laughs> i get it right. All right. So yeah, did you because, practice it in the mirror? Uh, <laughs> no, no, because uh, it, it it's like it's one of those things. It's like I have to kind of astrally project myself to get to the a level of calm because it just Travis. makes me yeah. makes That's me so ridiculous. irate to see this guy think he's actually equipped to talk about any of this stuff, this fucking jellyfish, I, I can't believe, like, put it this way, you're. I think you're even being generous by saying that what he's saying is actually okay, so, so on that regard, let, let's talk about right. policy first of all, with Riot Games in general, it has been, as you rightly and astutely said, Duncan, they don't fucking chuck the frog in the fucking pan of water when it's already scalding, they let you sit in, they let you marinate in it, they warm it up. You think, Oh, this is a lovely bath. And before you fucking know it, someone's farting in your face, and, and all your data's been sold to China. That's how riot games operate. Yeah, I get your point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The meta, I couldn't keep up with the frog <laughs> right. stuff. I just had to make it stuff they've actually done. Right. Um, so anyway. their, their approach to journalism has always been one of if you play ball with us we'll play ball with you the only kind of journalism riot games has ever understood is access journalism you say what we want you stay on message and if you prove you can do it one event two event and you don't do anything we don't like or disagree with next time you want that big interview with the person, we'll give it to you. Next time you want a little scoop or a little crumb of information that behooves us, we'll give it to you. And that's what it is. It's you give action, you get action. It's access journalism. So this policy is perfectly in line with a company who only views journalism through the lens of how does it serve us. Now, by the way, As I do believe Riot is just an entity of pure, unfettered evil, I don't even have a problem with them being that way. I think it is a toxic, irredeemable company that employs some of the most heinous people who've ever worked in esports as being evidenced in the constant slew of lawsuits and horror stories and it's been that way for years and people like me knew about it for years but we were deemed the bad ones because we would say in a way you don't like you people out there in fucking cyberspace well he's a bit brash isn't he yeah he is speaking up for women who are being fucking like you know sexually preyed upon or systemic sexism in the workplace but you know at the end of the day i don't like the way he says it so you were all fine with that by the way league of Legends community you tacitly supported that when you drove people like me out good job so that's fine you sleep with that at night at the end of the day riot games it's completely from a point of self-interest which is all I ever expect Riot Games to do. So this shouldn't surprise anybody. And the last person that surprises is Travis. I'm pretty sure he knew this was coming. He is not even annoyed at the policy by the way. His video reveals that. He, he, he's, he's such a doofus. He can't even cloak his inner thoughts, his inner monologue, his dark secrets from people. As in,
1: if he'd have been allowed to get his questions through, you think you would have thought it was no okay policy, he like I said earlier. Absolutely,
0: says, absolutely. He actively says, as, <laughs> as I'm sure Jacob will go into now, he actively says the problem with the policy was that he adhered to it he followed it so understand if you have a problem with a policy you don't say i will go along with said policy you say wait a fucking minute but he went along with it like a good boy and he submitted his question okay and if and if his question had been asked in a timely fashion he would have been fine with it but it wasn't somebody else got to scoop him Uh, by the way what he thinks is a fucking scoop it's just a joke to somebody like me. Um, but he got scooped on a very important question he thought he would get answered first. Upcomer did an interview while that question was going through the pipe. And so the big important question that only super smart Travi Gafford could ask got answered in someone else's exclusive. And then he went, fucking bananas. And that's why he made that video.
3: Yeah, I here's the thing i've thought about for a long time about trying to do some collective body of like the particularly league journalists but also anyone covering overwatch call of duty right like against the bigger parties right if we consider kind of the two big esports parties right counter Strike's a huge game but valve's not really involved so it's hard to negotiate against one central body but if you were like if you think about like the mlb uh press association right that Negotiates against the MLB for access how policies are made. Right, I've thought about like trying to organize. I've talked to several people in the space about trying to organize something like that against Riot and against Activision Blizzard because those two companies have a lot of power and they have a lot of power. Who you get to, um, and you know, again, like I, I don't think like the Scrum is where you're going to get the hard hitting investigative journalism or like the actual real questions. If you're going to do that, you reach out on a separate note or you try to get someone on that weekend. I don't even personally, I don't even really go through the LCS discord to try or even riot to try to get a lot of these interviews. When I actually have an important question, I just go direct to the team or direct to the person. And then I have them, you know, go call your PR person and then have them talk to me. We'll sort it out. Right. Um, And, but, you know, I've thought about that because I think I am the, maybe Richard, you fall into this category too. But I think I may be the only journalist in the space who has had a credential revoked by both Riot and Activision Blizzard uh, actively at events. Um, And so I've thought about, like, how do you fix that? And and both, by the way, were because I was doing reporting. One was around the Rock Tiger story. Um, I had my credential revoked that weekend um, because I I was a little bit of an asshole. That was accurate again, by the way. Yeah, I, I was a little bit of an asshole, to be fair to them. They were lying to me, to my face. But I was an asshole in the way that I handled it um i i actively called a riot pr person a a liar to his face um and got quite loud um in front of a bunch of people so again a little was a little bit of a dick in how i handled it but nonetheless a point still valid um and then the activision blizzard case uh the overwatch league finals in 2018 i went to a media day on thursday uh, and then at after media day, on the walk back to my apartment, because I lived like a mile and a half, two miles away, um in New York, I uh, broke the story, called for comment, then broke the story that the Guangzhou and Paris teams were joining the league, um, and then showed up Friday for a breakfast at Barclays Center with a, a person, a source before the event, and was told, you're not on the ESPN broadcast list, because they had a broadcast desk, and you're not on the media list either. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> I, so I don't fun,
2: know how that fun side story. <laughs> fun st- side story about that Rocks Tigers thing. So here's here's a crazy one for you. So um because of so by the way, neither I nor my wife, Susie, were at Worlds that year. And Susie was close to the Rocks Tigers personally, um, and worked at Twitch at the time. And I know Jacob, you uh you had to tell Riot that Susie was not your source, but Riot yeah, they did uh, as a result anything, of though. as 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 a result of your reporting, they accused They talked to Twitch and put pressure on Twitch because my wife worked there. So they contacted Twitch and accused my wife of leaking that story, which she categorically did not do. She She wasn't even there and had no idea like that this was going on uh, at the time. But they tried to put pressure on my wife to like to Twitch itself to like, uh, you know, reprimand my wife. As a Twitch at
1: the time, like I think you didn't mention that detail. Like she yeah. was actually yes. an employee. she was a Twitch employee, yes, career or whatever. Right? And, and
2: yeah. even though she had nothing to do with this, they thought, and this is how they work. They thought that, that, that actually my wife yeah, was I the would... source, and you had to go, Jacob, and tell them categorically that my wife was not. Well, the source they they that say, I, the same
3: person, the same person I called a liar to their face, actually said to me, "Well, Susie is your source," and I said no, she's not. What the hell? And I like, why would I have one? Cause I no, didn't she's know that not. at the
2: time. I didn't know either.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, and I was just like, no, she's not. And I'm not just covering her ass as like, I really am not. I, Susie was not a source. And the, like the, the craziest thing about that entire thing, the, the lie, right. That I, I got my credential revoked over what they were lying to me about is they told me that session, the, the manager of the rocks tigers was not at in Chicago. So I had had this story for close to a month and I was waiting because I was going to the quarterfinals of Worlds. I wanted to have a sit down, face to face meeting with the manager of Rocks Tigers to talk through this story, right? And do my diligence. Be nice to them. Right, be very kind and respectful to this team because I understood the the position they were in, the sensitivity around the issue, et cetera. Right. And so I approached a riot person the first day of that event and I said, All I want is an off the record meeting with this person. I am going to write a story, but I want to talk to them before this story goes out. That's it. That was my request. Right. And they came back to me and they said, We will give you a comment if you wait until after worlds, which would be another three weeks, by the Yo, way. classic um, and then Just she wait. is not, and and then she is not here, which was a lie. Mm. She was there. I know she was there. She was telling people I knew that she was there. So I was trying to get uh, a conversation with her before the story went out. And then, so then they they rocks wins their quarterfinal match. They all they were in the upper level of the Chicago theater, um, and I. Didn't get a single interview. I was the only person in the press not to get an interview. Shocking. Um, and I saw Gorilla kind of just standing by himself off to the side. I went up, introduced myself. Recorder wasn't even in my hand, wasn't on. I went up, I introduced myself casually, said that I was a friend of Fion's, right, because he knew Fionn quite well. I said I was a friend of Fion's, worked with him. And before I knew it, a person ran across the the uh, arena, grabbed me, pulled me aside, and escorted me out, and said, "You're you," and then later claimed that I was harassing Gorilla. For having an off the record, less than five minute conversation with a player. And then I had my credential revoked. I had to explain to ESPN why my credential was revoked by the biggest, you know, biggest uh, company in all of gaming, all of esports. And it was a mess. And my credential remained revoked for the remainder of Worlds, it was not resolved until after oh. Worlds. I went to LA. I already had my plane ticket, my hotel booked. I went to LA with four Worlds, uh, Worlds Finals without a credential and I ended up getting a suite pass to the axiomatic suite and had a better time anyway but nonetheless like I showed up with nothing all because of that and I was again I was trying to be respectful that was my intent was I an asshole when I was lied to yes I was but yeah and, just and, and the way that clear, it was handled the, the... was not not cool
2: the story that was being reported by you at the time was that the Rocks Tigers were breaking up after Worlds and the roster yeah, was going right. your separate wave, which it, know, for those of you who don't know.
0: roster move story. It wasn't <laughs> even like fucking Watergate or anything. <laughs> oh, no. It was a team that was going to disband. It was in was financial disar- disarray.
3: And by the way, some of their players were meeting with team owners in yes. fucking hotel lobbies. Yes. At worlds yeah, yeah. within a yeah. team owners, and it's like you want to see like what press member is going to walk into that yes. that Hilton or whatever and see someone in San Francisco or Chicago and go, yeah. huh? Why is that player talking to that team owner? By yeah. the way, well, if anyone, if anyone why? thinks <laughs> if
0: anyone thinks Jacobs uh, over exaggerating about the heavy handed physical side of shit, uh, I did one riot event on the official press call, uh, which was All Stars in Paris. All right, yeah so showing showing my age but that was when i was still in the you know kind of trenches and i i got fucking manhandled there uh because um i i had a camera around my neck and they had a bunch of areas where it was like designated no filming but what no filming means in riot parlance is any recording equipment being cited is considered, right. like, verboten. In case it's
1: undercover or some shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, so fucking, I would, like, walk through an area that they told me I could walk through to go and do an interview. I think it was Meteor or so, whatever. And fucking, some fucking goon, like, grabbed me and tried to twist his fucking, you know, my arm up my back and all that, telling me that I was, like, some sort of spy. It's and like just, you know we, we click like we we know who you are you know like, it was it was, it was the, fucking
3: surreal the, dude the like, entire, these, people, these people are fucking sick in the head like the the entire way just that company handles press is really quite appalling sometimes because like i don't know if you guys know this but monty i would assume you do because i think you've been there but like just go to riot campus you have to sign an NDA. That is like super long and in perpetuity for years and covers any information given to you by a ride employee. So someone like me, right, signing that is a career death wish because they could sue me if they ever figured out an employee was a source on a story. Two years later, unrelated, right? right? Like that is super dangerous. So I've never been to, they don't do that for the LCS. They do it for HQ, but I was supposed to go have lunch with a PR person that just got hired when I was in LA at one point at Riot Campus, I had never been there. I was going to go. I was going to meet this person, kind of do an off-the-record handshake, you know, get to know someone. And I was like, okay, well, you have to sign this. And I was like, I'm not I'm not signing this. Like, this this will, like, really impact my career. Oh, well, we wouldn't do anything about it. I, I don't believe that. And I also don't want to put that trust in someone else's hands. So I decided not to, and I had to go have lunch with them kind of off-campus, which doesn't seem like a big idea but the, or a big deal, but, like... The fact that you're asked as a you know, member of the press visiting a campus to sign an NDA that lasts that long I mean, for years, well, like that's not, yeah, Jesus. All, 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 One all thing I'm going to gonna say is like, long.
2: well, no, it's, it's like, you know, I, that could be viewed as some sort of entrapment for you as well. Like, you don't know what the motives of this are because in 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 my wife's case, like I can't imagine how many other times they've done this. I mean, they didn't have any evidence that she was the source and they were pressuring and her her employer, Twitch, had to conduct an investigation, on that. And it threatened her job, basically. Um, and so how many other times that we don't know about has this happened? But they they lash out with very little evidence, like, and supposition about what's going on. Um, and it's, it's scary. It's even
1: though, listen, they own the IP rights to the game. It's not the same as traditional sports structures. Like essentially, you do on some level have to deal and have a some fucked up, even the most abstract concept of a relationship with right Games in order to be part of their official ev- events. It's absolutely just a fact of matter. And to some degree, as Richard says, they could be tyrants if they want. They could just say, fuck everyone. We're going to lock all this down. But I'd at least appreciate the bloody honesty. Instead, what they do is they give every pretense that they're the most fucking egalitarian, company and they'll even always try and build these things by the way is like this is just to help the little guy you know what about the new journalist who's coming in like oh, they'll have every fucking reason in the world to bring stuff through but one thing I want to get rid of is this like false sense that they are owed literally owed and we are obligated to give them the maximum level of civility possible nah nah I'm not buying that here's the thing when you start out yes in the same way as I do personally actually judge people very harshly, just like on a colloquial basis by how they treat like, for example, like, you know, a fucking someone who works on a bus or in a fast food place or whatever, like in my opinion, if you, if you treat those people like trash for no reason, there's something dark inside you that you're projecting out onto the world and how you just encounter people who are essentially just serving you in your everyday life. So, right. With that said, though, if those people are very rude to you or very unprofessional to you, at that point in time, it almost becomes appropriate that you would no longer speak to these people in a civil manner. Like the things that Jacob's talking about here, these are outrageous allegations to make about someone. Someone with zero credit, like credibility to the accusation, by the way, zero evidence, they're even made by people who would not be qualified to make a judgment like that about whether you were allowed to be in that area or not. Like this is just some fucking guy with like a fucking badge. Like, he doesn't know anything about this. And what happens as a result of it, by the way, does Riot ever come out publicly in a massive press conference that like they love to fucking do when some player's getting in trouble and he's getting fined for saying naughty words in solo queue? Do they come out and apologise to Jacob Muffin and go, we apologise to award-winning, you know, credential journalists within our space? for No, they never do. What's supposed to happen is people like Jacob, if they want to work in the space, have to eat an endless buffet tray of shit sandwiches in the hopes that eventually one of them has peanut butter in. That's it. Like, there's never any reciprocity from Riot. Basically, and this goes in line, by the way, if everyone knows, an infamous, now almost fucking meme copy-pasta level tweet, but a real one, because this is what a joke these guys are. When Mark Merrill infamously made that tweet, where he actually congratulated I Will Dominate for getting to have a career in a game that he'd made, implying, by the way, him just shitting out League of Legends a bad daughter clone, just gave I Will Dominate a whole career as a fucking entertainer, literally someone who takes your, your product it makes it better just by being himself while fucking watching it, right? They basically—that is the—that's the mentality you've got to understand. Riot has. They think that they're the—they're—they're they're basically the kid who has all the fucking toys, and we're allowed round their house to play with the toys. But if we don't play the game exactly how they say and all the rules they're making up, and all that, we have to dance to their little jig, then we're out and we're, we're cast they... out of the fucking kingdom, as it were, you know. You God, have to be they... grateful at all times with Riot, basically,
3: no matter what they do. They also just confuse... I mean, this is a bigger problem than the esports scenes as a whole, but they confuse credibility with audience a lot of the time. Sure. Right? So I used to get, and ESPN in general, used to get an ungodly amount of access from Riot Games, right? I will be the first to admit we had a level of privilege because we are fucking ESPN, right? Sure. Biggest biggest sports media company in the world. Um, but I... I would have to go do the very specific math, but I don't think this is a rough estimation. I'm pretty sure the League of Legends section on Dot Esports gets more traffic than ESPN Esports got in an entire month at one point, right? Like, if you compare just the League section of Dot and all of ESPN Esports, there are times when that League of Legends section does more traffic. And that's because people come to dot esports to read about League of Legends, right? Like we're a credible League of Legends source. If you want to learn about the game, if you want to learn about the esports scene, you come read because we have everything, right? It's a very much a, a kind of daily digest kind of thing. And so like what's what's the benefit of like treating ESPN like they're, you know, these giant gods and then treating places like dot esports like shit, right? Like there there's nothing. You would get technically you would get more out of the, corporate of hive sort of the mind.
0: recognizes one. the other
3: corporate yeah. hive mind and True.
0: they synergize. I saw that a lot when I was working yeah. at Turner, you know, and, and you, d- these brands have a kind of, uh, it, it's like, they know what they, they recognize it's like, I don't know when vampires are kind of like walking among humans. Right. And they all know like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're one of us. We'll give you all the special perks and privileges that a big corporation uh, should have conferred unto them as we would want it conferred unto us Now listen, guys, we're being a bit broad here And I, I definitely want to get us back on track That is to slay the mighty dragon That is Travis Gafford's Jesus. Outrageous <laughs> ego on this topic And then I'm happy to talk about any
1: right. do it then. past right.
0: transgression So as I said, the reason that this entire thing is being debated is that travis gafford uh, a man who leveraged a good deed into a career with no journalistic credentials or background that i know of um you know and 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 went on to be essentially a corporate mouthpiece for years for this company um while doing it under the guise of hey i'm an independent journalist y'all and then whenever anyone called him out he said i don't like to use the j word actually not when there's you know culpability for the things I do this is what I mean about him being a jellyfish um but he put this out because he tried to make it look like he was rallying the troops that he was the guy who was saying i'm going to do a boycott right I'm I, like it even says in his title my coverage is changing because of this outrageous uh new policy by right games a policy remember people are really glossing over this a policy he was happy to play along with when he thought he would get the best answers in the quickest time and still be able to scoop his opposition with riot approval now one of the reasons i find it absolutely egregious that travis gafford would be the man to draw attention to this this man has took a stand for nothing in his life i mean nothing this is a man who has no backbone no moral center this is a man who's just happy to have money rolling in as much as he can and lead his California lifestyle, right? And get to talk about one of the most popular video games in the world. A serious journalist, he is not. So I at least respect him for not having the outrageous attitude to use that word when describing himself.
3: So oh, but to. With that. But oh, but he used, he used it, to. He but used he used to. Rich. He used to. That's what bothers me.
0: At least, he, at least he realizes now. So let's talk about Travis Gaffin. Where, what what stand should you have taken? I, I was going to ask you when you were giving your story, Jacob, while you were getting hauled over the coals uh, for the Rocks uh, story, uh, did Travis Gafford say anything about this? Of
3: course he didn't. He actually, did he offer like, any
0: support for you privately? No, and as, uh, as and, and
3: actually, actually, in that, that event, what I remember kind of most distinctly about that Chicago event is that he was getting a ton of access and no one else was and he was Damn. constantly like in the corner of the media tent we were right outside the theater in this like giant white tent it was a ton of Chinese press english press right um I think EDG was still in the or was still in the quarters at that point so a huge contingency from Asia considering SKT EDG and and rocks were still in it and uh he like it was almost like he was almost part of the riot PR team in terms of the way he was interacting like he was oh, he those well, were his buddies. And those people, the people that, that were at that event a- acting like that with him, they know that some of them still work at Riot, some of them do not. But none of them actually still work in Riot PR's uh, department for the LCS and for right. eSports, which is quite, quite interesting now that there's some tension when all those people are gone. Right. Um, but but it it was, I mean, he was like constantly in conversation with those people, sitting with those people, kind of on this like different plane uh, than the rest of us in the way that he acted during that event, and that's what I remember. And so during the whole rocks thing, you know, uh, like I, I felt super alone. It took like a month to be vindicated for all of that, and I and there was a lot of press that like threw me under the bus or ignored me, and it and it felt like crap because a month later it came out I was right. And yep. but yeah, I mean, like that. that what I was going to say earlier, where I was kind of heading before we like dove into this like broader rabbit hole is. I've thought about, like, formalizing some sort of, like, collective body to go to Riot and just be like, here's kind of our expectation, right, of Of uh, what we would like to see to to cover League of Legends. Um, and the problem, I thought, was, like, they always, they could just say, fuck you, we're going with Travis. Like, that was the whole reason I, like, could never do that. I felt like we didn't have any leverage because they had a way to to interact with the public that wasn't us. So,
0: not only did Travis not take a stand on that, right, he didn't take a stand on Reddit, uh at all in fact now reddit is an interesting one because what i've come to realize is in my young naive ideological uh purity whatever the fuck days of 2014 before i realized just how much of a cesspool this business is uh and actually reddit is like i don't know it's not even the fucking fleck of shit on top of the fucking pile of everything else like it's actually not all that bad uh in fact it's par for the course now for a games developer to essentially control Yes, a subreddit it's par for the course for companies like epic games to suppress uh people making genuine consumer complaints on reddit uh, with there was allegations of bribery of reddit moderators reddit is just an astroturf shithole nothing yes. you see on reddit is genuine it's Thankfully. all manipulated
2: yeah oh by the way thanks. so by the uh, way it is literally manipulated by these companies too like yeah. i'm not i get told uh you know so th- here's here's some here's some facts for you guys I have been told directly by companies that they employ bots to generate positive comments, that they have they have hordes of people who will go in and like basically manipulate public opinion by posting on a variety of different accounts within within threads or posting the content itself and upvoting it. Reddit is far, 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 far from pure. The nice thing is
3: it's it's losing – for the good esports websites, and again, most of this is are like the, the successful ones, uh, recurring successful ones, uh, Reddit is losing a lot of its power. You know, when yes. Rich and I, when Rich yeah. and I worked at Daily Dot and worked for the esports section six years ago, five years ago, uh, it was king. They like dominated yes. our, our month of referral traffic. It's not anymore. Google no, is actually- thankfully. Yeah, Google, YouTube Google algorithm, God bless right. you, if you, if you, if you. Which go, is
0: why they've yeah. got lax on all of the rules. Already. If
3: you if you, if you if you look at like Alexa website data for Dot and Dixerto, a lot of it is SEO traffic, which is good. It's another way to, to make revenue without having to rely on something that is wishy-washy as, as Reddit, because Reddit can really make or break a website. So yeah, and could, and to, you, then, to give you guys act.
2: an example, this channel that you're gonna see this on on YouTube, the Insight on Esports channel, used to get, if you were on the front page of Reddit towards the top, like you could get 50,000 views. Right now, even though many of the shows on this channel reach the front page of their their respective subreddits, right now it's at 2% of the viewership. It's it's all organic or or YouTube algorithm traffic right now, which is good in many ways.
3: Well, I mean, I had, so, I had a big feature story, two big feature stories at the beginning of this year, one about Sky Williams and one about uh, a guy named Joshua Mullins, this teenager who tried to scam people in esports for $42 million. One of these like holder stories of master forgery. And the Mullins story outperformed the Sky story. The Sky story was the top of the Smash Brothers Reddit. And the Mullins story had mostly Google referral traffic because it had TDK, Liquid, all of these like relevant teams that he tried to scam as a part of the story, right? Like that's because Google is a... a quite a powerful tool in a way that reddit is not anymore thank god thank god because reddit is way too wishy-washy so i'm just gonna list all of travis is many crimes of,
0: of silence and then i'll I'll bring duncan in because you've had the dubious pleasure of working with him so he didn't take a stand over reddit moderators demanding to no sources uh directly from from uh journalists which goes to like Josh Raven, Jacob, William Turton, who just up and left, myself. Uh, whenever we were like, hey, Travis. Speaking my yeah. last video, was the same thing. Yeah, whenever we were like, hey, you know, hey, Travis, you're the big name. Yeah. You must have some opinion on this. Well, Reddit's a complicated business. Then when they banned his content or his content got deleted, he would go crying to anyone who would listen. Never took a stand for the collective. Always took a stand for himself. Uh, then when I got banned and unpersoned on Reddit in what, what is one of the most ridiculous things to ever happen, a complete fabrication tissue of lies uh, orchestrated by seriously mentally ill people who, by virtue of having moderators on a particularly large subreddit, thought they could get away with doing absolutely anything. Uh, and so didn't say anything about that. In fact, said, well, Richard, you are kind of an abrasive guy. He was happy to stand by and watch your journalist be censored. Also, conflict of interest. Not really something Travis Gafford seems to care too much about, is it? I mean, we all remember the fucking free uh, hot tub holidays for Travis. Travis, oh, Jesus right? Christ! Why after,
3: after the after the Chris Bidawi story, by the way? Yeah, the first yeah. one, the yeah. first one, which I was I was talking about that the other day. It was like seven claims by seven teams in that, and two of them were right. Cloud Nine and Liquid were truthful, and yeah, all the Most of them were lies. Shit! One of them, the Team Impulse one, was like. I just don't I just plain don't like the guy. I felt like I was reading like playing Civilization Six and being denounced like I just don't play I just plain don't like it. like turn twenty like Jesus Christ like yeah <laughs> so my favorite one was TSM
2: TSM lying <laughs> but yeah go ahead yeah, that didn't it, yeah. have a
3: pro- yeah. didn't have a problem
0: oh. with oh. any of that uh Has never had a problem with Riot Games taking strong-arm action against any of the journalists uh, that we've talked about here. Certainly as well, and this is perhaps crucial to the bit that'll tee you up here, Duncan. This is a man who, by the way, has been happy to make agreements with riot about what questions are broached to get the content that serves his needs and i know this to be true because i would urge anyone to go and watch his blockbuster frost nixon style interview with mark merrill from december 18th 2019 This was a year almost after revelations of systemic sexism and other atrocities uh, inside riot games had been revealed. And it was up to Travis Gafford, investigative journalist extraordinaire, to sit down with the big man, Mark Merrill. Remember, Mark Merrill, a man who reportedly cried at a town hall in front of all of the women that his company had let down and said, I just feel like I could have done more because it's always about that narcissist, isn't it? It's always about him. I can see why him and Travis feel like kindred spirits in a lot of ways. So he sat down with Mark Merrill and put the video out on December 18th, 2019. And there's a question in there. One question, diversity and inclusion issues at Riot. And you go, well, this will be juicy, except it's not juicy. Except what actually happens is, Travis says, I think it's great. <laughs> oh, it's so sickening to watch. I think it's great you're addressing these issues. And perhaps oh, you could tell is. us a little bit about that process. And there's so... A
1: lot of softballs in this interview, people. So, so, some of them are mad. Oh, some of them almost like, put it this way. There's a, there's a point in the interview where the joke would be Travis forgets he's on camera and starts trying to pretend he's the earpiece in Joe Biden's ear. Because at one point in time, right, Mark Merrill makes some outrageous comment like... Does it really matter? You know what we did? Yeah. As well? and, and then. I'm
0: saying, like, well, I think what you mean by that. You know, like, yeah, it's yeah.
1: like he was playing defense with the guy. Yeah, like, yeah. he literally
0: yeah. did. He said, away. Mark Merrill said, I don't think it really matters what yeah, you he say. Taught. And Travis Gafford went, yes. uh, when you said earlier that it doesn't matter, I mean, it does matter what you mean to say was, and he basically it was, was, the, it was, it was, uh, was the positive <laughs> Kathy Newman. It was. He it, came was the, <laughs> <rescue>. it was. To his rescue.
3: It was the Key and Peel Obama anger translator. Like, Yes.
0: Yes. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what yeah. it was. It, yeah. it, it <laughs> was absolutely <laughs> unfucking real, by the way. And so, anyway, here's what I know about that interview. There are only two ways you sit down with Mark Merrill, and it's quite telling, by the way. I'm sure Travis had a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling every time Riot Games were in one of their many disasters and negative headlines. Who's the man they went to see? Travis Gafford. He thought that was a feather in his cap. It means you're a fucking bought-and-paid-for shill, you stupid fucking cunt. And you should have been looking at the in the mirror and asking yourself hard questions every time they wanted to sit down with you so you could disseminate their message. But you're too fucking greedy and too fucking fucking... short-sighted for that which is why you're not sat here taking your licks like anyone else would you are a fucking narcissist posing as a journalist so what he did was he basically must have either agreed that we won't go too hard on the woman stuff right in which case you have actively engaged in the process you are now decrying Or you didn't have the backbone to ask the hard questions, in which case you are not fit for fucking purpose as a fucking journalist. So, spiel over for Travis. For Travis Gafford, hot tub meta pioneer to fucking sit and talk about how it's wrong a riot and how he's going to take the stand for all his other journalists. You never took a stand once. The only person you stand for is your fucking self. That And, and, and trust me, as I said, I, I always held back a little bit out of respect, but me and him aren't the same. We, we don't do the same thing. We don't have the same goals. So no, what is, what is the point of holding back and respecting what he does? He is a blight. He is well, he is the manifest horror of access journalism if you don't check it early. right? Yeah.
2: And, and while I while I agree with his points that he made in the video about pre submitting questions, I agree with them wholeheartedly. I agree with basically everything that he said within this video. And I think he's right. I I, I also, you know, Richard, the, the problem with with Travis is that what investigative journalists do is that they are duty and honor bound to a code of ethics, right, that is bigger than themselves. And what's so suspicious is that Travis has always behaved in a way that shows that he has no basically ethical center or moral moral compass whatsoever. And so it's very difficult to trust him or in, in any capacity at this point in time for all the reasons that you've stated. Whereas, you know, I, I'm sitting here with four, what, four esports journalist of the year awards between the three of you, right? And so you, you all have very clear ideas about what is the moral center that you're going after. And you may disagree on certain points, but at least like there is that guiding light that makes you trustworthy because you are accountable to your own ethical compass. And I, I think that's what's, what's missing with Travis. And that's fine. Like If he doesn't want to be a journalist, then don't be a journalist. But you can't simultaneously do these interviews and then try and break news that is supposed to be objective, right? Because it, it calls that news into question, even though I think in this instance He's right. It does make me wonder if he's telling the whole truth in many ways, or what his motivation is for doing that, because it doesn't seem to adhere to some sort of higher power. And my other issue with it, with it was that we alluded to earlier is that he himself has engaged in these practices. And when I mentioned this on Twitter, a lot of people were saying, "Well, it's not the same, Monty. You know, this is a corporation, and it's his show, and he can do what he wants." Well, it's riots. Company, It's their product. They can do what they want. So that logic doesn't apply. But also, it's the same principle, because we have to talk about why you don't pre-submit questions for those people who who don't know this. And it's because if you are a trusted person within the scene of an esport or a sport or in the circle of journalism, um, you... People recognize that you have a certain level of professionalism. And what happened was I wanted to go on a show that Jacob was on, which was Hotline League. And I wanted to ask a Riot employee who no longer works at Riot um, some questions. And the Riot employee said I could come on the show. And Travis was engaging with me for like an hour or more saying like, I need you to pre-submit your questions because he didn't want me to ask stuff on the air. And I kept telling him, look, if I say something that's stupid, I'm going to look stupid. Okay, this is my reputation, not yours. You're just going to be sitting there, man. Like the only thing you're going to get out of this is clicks for your content. Right. But he didn't want to bite the hand that fed him or have some have me bite it in that case, which, by the way, I was not going to do because I didn't want to make a big deal out of this. I had some real questions about the LCS that I wanted to ask. He was afraid I was going to ask, you know, dig into this guy. But honestly, show me one time in my entire career where I have done that directly to a person where we are on a mutual ground, you know, where we're having a discussion, I'm not unreasonable to people. I'm professional in those environments. I understand. You know, it's not like it's the same thing. Like, as much as as much as much I've complained about Riot's actions, have I ever done it on a League of Legends broadcast? No, I haven't because it's not the time for it. Right. I'm a professional at the end of the day. I reserve that for my own content, for my own social media, and I leave the broadcast where it deserves to be, which is alone and free of that material.
0: It's I cool. know,
2: but so, and then, and the other thing is that Travis, as he always does, he's done this to Thorin too, is that he will delete the content after the fact that he doesn't like, and he deleted, so he let me on the show after the Riot, former yeah, Riot mine, Mine's, gone, has, by, has mine's
3: gone, by the way, my, my appearance on Hotline League, where, where I, so context, uh, Hunter Lay, the, the, uh, whatever his position is, GM of Golden Guardians or uh, SVP of eSports of Golden Guardians, whatever his official title is. Uh, X rider um, worked at Gamespot before from that. Boss yeah, yeah, yep, yep, it yep, was. Yep. So, no, yeah, no, this was he,
2: Chopper. This was Riot. No, 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 no I was, Riot I was saying in
3: my, in my case. Oh, okay. Hunter okay. was on the show. It was after his first split as, as running Golden Guardians, and he went on and just laid into his coaching staff, laid into his players, blamed high, like super hard for being a terrible in game leader, yada yada yada. Just flamed his own team after they performed poorly in their first split. So Mark Z brought me onto the show and I, I said, okay, like my first thing out of the gate was like, Hunter, how are you qualified to have this job? You've never done team management your entire life. How are you qualified to have this job? Don't you, shouldn't you accept some blame for this? Right. You, you put this team together, you yep. put this staff together, you hired your buddies, Spelzy and others, right. To, to yep. manage this team and, and they failed shouldn't you accept some blame you ran this thing and 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 like after the show like travis was like i hate jacob yada 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 and i went looking for that vod the other day and it's gone it's gone yeah because because and, and i so he, went on you and mean he's
0: that. actively censoring content that's not favorable to the viability of his broadcast wow crazy yeah.
2: But he he deleted the first uh, the first episode um, that he did with Thorin that spawned summoning insight in the first place uh, when Thorin went on and challenged him about a, a bunch of stuff. He deleted the part of Hotline League where I went on afterwards and basically public you know complained on his show to him and Mark and said, hey, this isn't right. This isn't good journalistic ethics. I just wanted to have a reasonable conversation about stuff I was c- curious about in the LCS. I wasn't trying to entrap this person or make myself look bad. Right. So. I, I don't really understand it. It's it it is it goes against the the kind of pract- common practices where you can't respect someone else. And I also said to Travis, I would never do this to you in a million years. Like anybody can come on the show and say whatever the fuck they want. I don't care. I'm not pre Jacob. You weren't pre screened for what you were going to say. We'll never do that. But no, and so- I
3: and and. By the way, me and Duncan are very notably at odds on some things. And look, and we're here being professional. We're having a conversation. It's exactly. fine. It's <laughs> fine. You can disagree Although with he people. He is worryingly
0: can... quiet, Jacob.
3: That's no, it, no, but uh... am I, like, Duncan, am I, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Like, am <laughs> I am I wrong? Like, we are at odds some on some. Problems. Problems.
1: Yeah, you should obviously be able to put put minor things behind you. Sure.
3: Yeah, but when it <laughs> when, but when it comes when push comes to shove, right? When when Monty asked me to come on the show, I didn't like. I was just like, okay. Fine. This is an important about, topic. We can talk. Jacob, about Jacob, you're this.
2: not a coward, and I admire that about you. <laughs> so,
3: yeah. and, and also, it's it's also like obviously,
2: you know, we'll, we can we're capable of having a reasonable conversation, which is the purpose That's of right. the show. So, so my point is, is like, and I don't care. Maybe Travis was like, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have done that." Right? That was a shitty thing for me to do. I learned from this. Then all he has to do is say, like, you know, I did this previously. I'm sorry to Monty. I don't agree with this anymore. I learned from that experience, and then we just all move on with our lives. He was running the same with she's, me, she's,
0: I wanted to get him on the actually and,
2: incapable of saying he's wrong
0: he wanted a pre-meeting right. before the podcast i was he was going to come on the richard lewis show i, I like i even consider if i have you on a podcast it, it says two things it says i think you've got something interesting to say uh and that our conversation could be interesting and that it's also kind of an olive branch that like i'm never going to platform someone who i think is like completely morally fucking repugnant so and this was a few years ago so uh or a couple i don't know uh, and so I was like, I wanted to get him on, and he just kept giving me the runaround. And go, can we have a meeting? Can we talk about the show before the show? And I'm like, you can't be fucking serious that you're saying this now. Like he, all he, he is just image obsessed. You know, it's he, he wants to be the guy with the mic in his hand on TV. Everyone looking at him. Thinking is cool, but he's got none of the chops to do it. He's not even a particularly good interviewer. Like, he's not a particularly charismatic guy. You know, he he doesn't have like, he doesn't ask hard hitting questions. I'd never understood the fascination, frankly. And when I said he leveraged a good deed into a career, let's be clear that that is exactly what he did. That is exactly what he did. It was just, it was a time when you could do stuff like that. And if the community liked you, and you blew up on Reddit, you got away with it. I mean, fuck, man. Even D-Man leveraged fucking Reddit to get himself a job. It's
3: it is very That's much first. True. It's it's a first movers policy, right? Like, I I don't think he's like the the worst interview in the world, but I don't think he's as good as Ashley Kang, right? Or like someone someone of the cut, right? That like I think I think Ashley Kang is just a multilingual Travis Gafford. So I guess I Kang Ashley is. Ashley has a lot. Knowing her, she has a lot more standards than Travis, which I, I appreciate. Which is uh, the game you know. on, well, I'll tell you that much.
1: <laughs> you know, she's putting like, in the time to try and know what she's talking about. Not she, sure yeah, she,
0: she, she plays the same game with pandering to people who would actively harm journalism, though. It's that element, as yeah, As, for as sure. long as long as, as long as her content is on the front page, she'll let every other journalist fucking burn I, in the Hades of non some. There was some, some
3: tension with as Riot... As well. There was some tension with Riot... And MSI and Damwon recently which you saw her post a little bit about and I thought that was oh, like the whole scheduling thing where they gave RNG the the first yes. play day when Damwon was supposed to, and she I think she handled that fairly well better than he would have frankly okay um in in the same position um but I mean like I there are a lot of other people that are better interviewers than him but he was here first Right, like, oh. and and I mean, hell, Here we're streaming we're,
0: with a super popular player. Yeah, God, and well,
3: we're also we're streaming we're streaming on a platform that has a lot of issues that also gets a lot of first murders bonus. Right, Twitch, Twitch oh. uh, has a lot of problems, but is successful partly because they were first to do it. Yes, and, uh, and let
1: animal. me do my little rant then. Yeah, Sadersky. yeah, we go. I don't have a million, like, super secret stories or anything like that. Like, I don't actually have that big a personal issue with Travis. Like, if you notice, I very rarely ever fired shots at him. I'll do the odd joke on, like, a talk show, but, uh, yeah, that's just grist for the mill, isn't it? Anyone can get in on that. The reason why I don't tend to typically attack him publicly is just because I thought generally, Travis, first of all, because he did work with me, he's been generally smart enough to just sort of stay in his lane and not try and veer into my domain when I'm in the League of Legends journalism world. He just stays in his lane and does his interviews and posts his videos when he has his problem. But I've always, and even when I knew him as a colleague, I would have considered him certainly an acquaintance, someone I've met up many times with. I, I've always been very, very disappointed by his refusal to actually like uphold standards across the rest of the industry that don't just involve his literal bottom line that fucking day. Because he won't stand for anyone, anyone. You basically have to be his best friend, as far as I can tell, before he'll fucking take any form of stand in your half. And even then, by the way, you probably have to be one of his friends that literally depend on him like for their fucking life. Like their content goes on his channel. He got them the interviews. He's the one who made them by getting like. There's, there's also that element, which I've never been a huge fan of personally, because it's one thing when you help someone and you almost tell them, like, look, I've helped you now. You know, just go out. Don't bother thanking me for it. Just take it. Go do what you want. When you always sort of keep them on the hook of, like, yeah, but I made you. Like, I've always thought there's something sinister behind uh, the scenes course. there. So here's what I'll say is this, right? I think of all the incidents over history. There was the one with Jacob and the whole Rocks Tigers thing. You don't even have to know anything about that situation. I made a video about exactly this topic which I said that. i don't I, i'd heard similar stories at like a certain team and is probably signing this place so i knew it was possible that these players could be going but the point of my video essentially was just if you appreciate the very premise of like journalistic integrity and the editor system where they have to like verify that you actually have the fucking sources in theory you can trust that i don't need to know the specifics of who the people are i just have to know that they're doing this particular method and that this is different from just anyone putting a story out so the idea as it was alluded to at then that like Fucking forget Riot and the rest. Of them. Like Reddit mods should have any saying whether it was just some sure. legitimate sauce, not. like not nonsense stop. All right, all someone like Travis has to do there, by the way, is just do a simple tweet. Doesn't even have to be what Jake could be what the premise. Just do a retweet of a tweet. And somewhat simple, just show that you at least agree with the premise. Like they're all just gonna silence people. Then there was obviously the one like Richard said with Loco Doco where even though Loco to the stairs never said anything because he pussied out by going, Well, I've got an NDA, but as soon as that's up and then he magic left League of Legends when that was up, so you'll never get the real story of that. I'll give you the gist store basically local made like a very very mildly off color sexual joke in a context which almost directly asked for it the person having receiving this question slash answer was just sort of like okay didn't see anything wrong with it but i basically heard it riot and, and potentially even travis and other people were just like outraged cut, literally clutching he, on he compared of- oh my god what's going on here yeah go on
3: if I remember right, because I reported on the story when he was fired, uh, the joke—the joke was that he, he was his or, access was removed, right? Yes, because yeah. well, he was he was working for Golden Guardians at the time. That was that was in the same in the same cloth. Oh, uh, yes, because okay. he was doing a piece of interview content with Riot. If I remember right, and I think he's in that the piece chat, sounds right? Yeah, I yeah. If I remember right, the joke was that a a mic sock, one of one of these, right. Yeah. Um. Was uh, that he thought the first time he saw it in Korea or something that it was a condom? That was the joke. That's how mild we're talking,
1: by the way. And this was literally treated, by the way, as he'd made some, like, outrageous sexual remark to a woman, like, I'd like to fuck you off the That was, like, the level it was presented on, because it's another thing Riot always does, by the way. When they fuck you completely over the most petty minor thing, they'll purposely leave it as vague as possible so people could read the most heinous shit into what you're doing. Meanwhile,
3: when we 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 reported that, by the way, when we reported on that, I was, like, super, super tactile in the words, right? Like... Uh, in terms of like nobody said he harassed anyone nothing okay. made it made a sexual remark that's it. that's it yes. right like that was it no it no harassment or something it, but, by the way yeah but but people like did spin it you're right people did yes. spin it to be a lot worse that he sexually harassed someone yep. or you know like whatever which he didn't but That's which another is another also thing. That's another the thing. And riot are the ones making a judgment about that as well.
1: I mean, it's fucking unreal, it. No, but here's it's... the other thing I was going to say though. Because yeah. what, what's outrageous is these are just easy ones to take a stand on. Like I say, even though he does know all the people involved, you don't even have to know the people. You just look at it and go, this is an obvious fucking um, injustice, abuse of power, and sets a terrible precedent for the industry. Which, spoiler, I work in as a fucking journalist. But because Travis thinks he is the made man, because he thinks he is hooked into the Riot fuckboy network, he imagines he will always always be the one who's allowed to get ba- away with this, even though, by the way, it ignores a basic premise of human psychology, which is whenever you have a group that is based around some fucked up premise of like, uh, like um, purity, as you narrow down the group and kick out the ones that are impure, now the one at the end just becomes the one on the fringe inevitably, why they all, literally every one of these revolutions ends with them all shooting each other inside the side of the fucking head, it's just the way it goes, so the sad thing is this, right? Then you add this in. Not only does Travis do all that, but as Richard and Monty just told the story here, that he directly went out of his way to give them just enough rope to believe they could be on the, his show and... So again, he, they should be grateful they can appear on his fucking platform. Uh, but, then also treated them like they had to like crawl through fucking like an Andy Dufresne type shit tunnel for two miles to prove themselves worthy to be on his mighty podcast. Meanwhile, here's a detail for you, Richard. The Reddit mod, his name is Tom Shu. I don't make the fucking names up. You, you put your name on the internet, dickhead. I assume that's a fucking alias. This guy, Tom Shue, who's a top Reddit mod, who bragged about being the one who removed my video about Alfari and the whole Jat situation. bit reason. Given the real reason from Reddit mods was that it had like basically like allegations that hadn't been confirmed by like confirmed sources. So essentially, they just want me to tell them who my sources are. Otherwise, I'm not allowed to have the video. By the way, whatever. If that's the way they want to do it. This same guy. Are you ready for the ultimate punchline of all time, guys? He is apparently someone who regularly calls into Hotline League and is allowed to appear. There's yeah, the joke. Quite. So, like I said before, but how it's the other way around. I'm going to treat Riot with contempt based on what they've done in this industry. Travis wants to tell Richard and Monty, oh, I don't think you're really ready enough to join the big boys' table and come
0: on to Marshall. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's that? A corrupt Reddit mod he was a piece of shit. Lying all the time. Yeah, just come on, mate. You just say whatever you uh... feel like, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, well, just just one, one thing as well, like I, said, I didn't want right. to say it when I was just on all these yeah. sins, but like uh, Jacob and Duncan and and maybe Monty as well can clarify this. The way I remember the Loco Doco thing was that when Loco Doco was accused, and I I I didn't report on it because by that point I was like you know yeah, you're naked, waste well, you're yeah, waste yeah. of time, um but I I I reme- I remember hearing exactly that that he just said oh I thought it he thought it was a condom or something and that and, and that was as yeah far as it went. Uh, But then it was the person he'd said it in front of that was supposedly the one we were protecting was absolutely okay with it. She was not okay with she Yeah, she was was not mad. But but Travis took it upon himself to drive the outrage internally. And I had a number of people tell me this. Oh, you'll never guess. Your old friend Travis is up to this. So again, put that in the context of what we're talking about here. Travis, why my approach to coverage is changing This guy actively leveraged a nothing burger to eliminate a potential competitor. Fuck you. You don't get to talk about journalism, buddy. You don't get to talk about journalistic ethics. You have none.
1: Yeah. I right, have one more thing to I say won't... before I forget, which just goes like this. The other thing I really despise about his like approach to journalism and, and this is like he doesn't fucking do disclaimers. Here's the thing: the reason I'll always bang on about disclaimers is they're easy as fuck. So, for example, does everyone like that tool called Proview in League of Legends, where you can watch all the players moving and their clicks? Right, I actually have some of the shares in that company. Now, has that ended the whole segment? Is everyone just tuned out? Is no? One no, it's like that one one second just means I've got literally a complete disclaimer out there that you understand what my in myself interest is in telling you that's a good program. Now, hopefully, you also would think I'm a legitimate individual and wouldn't just say that because of a financial interest. But by saying it, I also just get it out of the way. You can account for my bias, right? Travis, almost, his fucking Rolodex of friends is a who's who of corrupt crony fucking nepotism in the esports industry. So he's best pals with Hunter Lee, the person that you just talked about earlier, Jacob, who was literally our stand-in boss while our real boss was doing fucking benders in the Mile High Club snorting more than fucking people who were like would be extradited from Colombia. This guy was just the standing boss. He then goes works for Golden Guardians. Now, when Travis is interviewing from Golden Guardians, does he ever bother mentioning stuff like? By the way,
3: you were not my boss in the past. No, no. Why the fuck would he mention that? Not. He wouldn't want they, you to know. They, the oh, bottom, no, no, no. They, they were they were roommates, Duncan. Even better, one. they, oh, yeah, they you know, lived was, together, and, they and then they also. Lived
1: Think about how many times on his fucking content he's had Nick Allen. Literal friend of his, rioter, CLG employee. Fuck, how many things has this cocksucker not been involved in? Again, when you do these interviews, you must literally stress at key moments when it's a question that would be related to this. Like, you, of course, did work for Riot previously. You have to do that. If you don't do it, you are literally a joke. You are like that fucking classic George Orwell quote, like, journalism is printing what other people don't want printed. Everything else is just public relations. You're just public relations, Travis. Also, so, Nick Allen was out the...
0: there standing for Taylor Lorenz as well. By the way, sorry, Christopher, jump <laughs> We'll I'll
2: just
1: say, one so thing, on record. Make... I will give Nick Allen credit for one thing. He does have, and this is real, one of the funniest tweets of all time. He has a tweet that does say something. Yes. It's real. It's from yeah. 2011. It just says, like, I see Bitcoin's not even made it to $2 a pop. Glad I didn't get it on that shit. yeah. It is that's really funny. I was in it, but that was fucking... Perfect. <laughs> Just too
3: good.
2: So uh, about Hunter Lee, too, you have to remember that he used to work for Riot for League Ops, right? And yes, so that's did. the other problem is that this the the when Golden Guardians was formed and he went over because I believe the the sequence was he worked for on gamers, right? Well, yeah, and then he worked for Riot. Yeah, yeah.
3: And then he worked and for then Golden he, Guardians.
2: So he went directly, I believe, from Riot to Golden Guardians, which is like yep. it's like when uh, it's like when a, and they uh, recommended like him for that gu- job
3: by that way. And the big reason the big reason he got that job, as I understand, is he already lived in the Bay Area. So he left Riot. There was a period of a couple months where he left Riot to move to the Bay Area to be with his family. Right. They're based in the Bay Area. They recommended for them the job when when the uh, Warriors got in. He got the job. That That's the sequence of events.
2: And what's so interesting about this is it's like, you know, when a government official goes and, like, joins a lobbyist organization right afterwards or joins a private company that is then, you know, discussing with the government and has all the connections over there. Also, suspiciously, Hunter Lee was the one who fired Loco Doco. Hmm. You know? (laughs) That's right. That's right. So they recommend him for this position. And anyway, it it just gets all so incestuous. But this stuff is just never – it's never reported on for some reason.
1: Yeah. The guy who's the main fucking reporter in the game is involved directly in, in all this shit. There is mates. He's literally turning money and going, Shall I just drop diamond. on all your nah fuck it? Let's just go with double lifting this his karaoke now. Fuck. Da, 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 da. And then like literally, by the way, ends... he did those interviews we referred to earlier where he was in Hawaii, I believe it was Hawaii, right? With it Team was. Liquid and a bunch of yep. other people, he's doing interviews with them literally every one of those interviews my dude has to start with, and I was flown here by Team Liquid, thanks to them for that, you know, this is essentially like an unofficial yep. sponsored segment yes. no, of course not, let's just do interviews with people about their teams, um, about the, you know how comfortable well, they're that... at their jobs, what players they've signed, while they're in, you're basically literally being, and... like, by the way, think about any other field in the world, people go crazy when like a politician gets like a donation to his charity, when a fucking um, a doctor gets a one of those gift baskets with the fucking $250 champagne and the caviar, this guy. Guy's doing shit like that on an esports interview level. He's not even in some massive fucking field. He's literally out for fuck all just to get a hot... He was doing a hot tub five years ahead of everyone else this can
3: what what maybe bothers me most about that that specific moment by the way is when like richard and sam lingle and i like called that shit out six years ago it was i was the plus one of someone else who was on this trip they did not invite me directly that doesn't make it any better better i I was are 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 you not are you not able to just say no right? like I, I You can't this, even make this like, shit up, man. This, <laughs> this was the ESPN's rule, and I've just lived by it the rest of my career since working there. You, ESPN's rule was anything more than $75 as a gift, yeah. you have to say no to. So like, somebody can buy me lunch, that's fine. But if they buy me a fucking computer, I have to send it back or I have to donate it to charity. I got a box from Riot once full of just like all this shit bunch of hardware and everything and i took it to the the disney charity <laughs> office on the espn campus and handed them all of it it was like please get rid of this send it to charity and it all went to charity because like and it's just like but he's taking a vacation to hawaii and he's like i'm the plus one and it's like it doesn't matter it makes no difference you say no like that's, that's just what you do the t- that's why the team hats
0: meme was so good the reddit moderators were like yeah we took gifts from riot staff probably in exchange for favorable moderation but it was only Timo hats. Yeah, then you're a dickhead. You had a positional leverage and you sold out for a fucking novelty hat. You fucking morons. Yeah. Oh, know,
3: mind blowing. Eat baby. All right, all right. All right. I, I'm, gonna, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. Uh, Okay, go Jacob. I just want to say this one thing. The one thing that no one actually has really noticed about Travis more recently, and what bothers me even more because it's so recent and it's and the we're talking about this video. Travis has a new podcast with Emily Rand on Spotify. Guess whose yes. deal that is with Spotify? Guess Riot. who guess who puts that yeah, Riot. Riot has a multi-year deal with Spotify for wow. exclusive content. You mean, you and mean Travis, Travis is a, a call of this? You mean Travis has is a, a direct post Riot,
0: <laughs> Jacob? I can't believe that. No analogy.
1: Richard, the analogy is this. Travis doesn't have a problem with the fact that to essentially work uh, on riot sponsored events, you must be part of a human centipede. He just disagrees what order he should be within it.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. and you, you know, I think the human Centipede is the hottest movie ever. Made open, so. <laughs> um, OK, yeah. so okay, I, yeah. I, this is my last Travis call. I'm
2: ringing, I'm ringing the bell. This is the last call yeah. for, for more on Travis. Anyone have anything else in their system? Because if not, I do want to move on to some more of the press policies.
0: Yeah, I, look, I, I just think, as I said, I, I, I think there is as much as we want to talk about riot and their fucked up policies, there's something more fucked up uh that's gone on uh and and that is that we we elevate uh people under the guise of journalism in esports generally because it's a young industry full of kids who don't know better and while i do despise uh a lot of esports communities because of the naivety stupidity hive mind nature of them the one thing i'll give the league of legends uh community credit for is Since the game came out in 2009, 2010, they didn't even know what an opinion piece was. They didn't know what reportage was. They thought roster moves were like some huge secret taboo and definitely weren't official until it was confirmed by the org. And then you look at where we're at now, where it's actually a huge, exciting part of the offseason. And, you know, I'll say that it, it, it's been great to
3: watch them get it it's it's matured it's mature yes, even even sure. like what well, i was talking to you guys before we went on air about the rainbow six thing with the the invictus gaming coach gig last week and how we were being flamed for reporting that someone was arrested um True, mm. by the way. Um, I felt like I was living League of Legends three, three and a half, four years ago. Yes. When I was just like getting absolutely <laughs> berated for I remember being told how inappropriate I was for reporting on Double Lift's brother murdering his mother and attacking his father when I had police reports for all of it from the Orange County Police Department. News and I reports, waited for and I waited for three hours for Double Lift to make a statement. I was very respectful to Double Lift in that entire situation, which is what well, bothered can me you even do, more. Right? Right, like, like it. That's well, what it, it bothered here's... me even more. But, but the league community is matured. That would be seen as normal and yes. a normal part of journalism now, because because it, it is. is. And that, like, that's what's like the league community has grown up uh, a lot. But, but to to
0: the point I'm making, unfortunately, there's no sort of taking it back when you you elevate people that aren't look. If if Travis was honest with himself. Travis would tell you, I only care about me. I will never starve a yep. single day to tell the truth. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with saying, I want to stave off starvation nope. and all that. But unfortunately, you're doing it under the guise of a business. Uh, 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 of, uh, it's a code. You tell the truth, and no matter what it costs you. And you must be willing to go to the extremes, which is why people like me and Duncan, we seem like extreme characters. Yes, because we've been on those fringes. What a lot of the youngsters don't understand is esports was unbelievably cutthroat. It's soft now. It's it's pussy shit now, but it was it was unbelievably cutthroat when we were coming up. That one negative story as a journalist, people threatened to cast you out, and that meant all your money went away, your rent went away. You you literally could be on the streets destitute, or you know worse, have to go and get a real job, uh, and and so. People that was what we were willing to do, and that's why we have that weird love hate relationship. Travis wouldn't do that. He would never do that. He would never dream of that. He'll do whatever suits him. So, and and unfortunately, I look at e sports journalism today, and I see that new breed coming through because there is no uh, hardship and there is no cutthroat nature to it. The the new no breed is,
3: you know, I I work with Bloop every day, and yep. and he's great. Bloop is amazing. I I think he'll be, I mean, he's he's 18 reminds me a lot of myself, but I like, thank God, dude. Like you, you did a lot for me at the beginning of my career, Richard, in terms of like, not, not just what you did for me
0: personally, but not, not just what you did
3: for me personally, but also what you did for the community. Right. Because you, like you, dealt with a lot of the early shit, then I dealt with a lot of the shit too for the yes. first like three and a half years of my career. Now people like Blooper are accepted, right? Like he's he's a favorite of the community because he goes does good journalism. He's an accepted entity, which I'm really happy about. He'll never have to go through what either of us went through, at least in league. Maybe if he does stories in another community, he faces the same, but he'll never have to do what we went through. But the problem is is at the very beginning of my career, six, seven years ago, People were saying to me, you don't do things the way Travis does them, and it bothers the living hell out of me because I had to talk to team owners. I've had lunch with every LCS team owner. Right. Even some of the billionaires that fund that bankroll them. I have, I've met these people, either had a drink or had a lunch with them. And I've had a really hard, level set, off the record conversation about journalism, the importance of it in this industry and why it's important, why I do what I do to some of the most contentious people who treated me and Richard like shit at the beginning of our careers. Right. And, and when we, when Richard started reporting on at League and when I got the into this, for fair, some of us, mate. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. Beginning of my career <laughs> in your time covering League. And, and I've had to have that level set conversation, but that was a relationship started with the, you, you know, like you don't do things the way Travis does them a- as if that was like, he does them the right way and you don't, and I don't like it. And that's a really hard eight ball to start behind. Right? Like I have to start behind that and fix it. And, and it took a lot of work and it's really, really dangerous to, to our community. Like, and, and it's frustrating. Yep. So
0: we we can leave it all there that that is the grand roast of of, of Travis Gavett by the, by the way all for nothing he will still enjoy the same state he enjoys i just hope if, if it just makes one or two people see through the outrageous level of hypocrisy this guy engages in on a daily basis and how he is actually not an arbiter of all things good about journalism but actually one of the things good journalists have to work against fine my job is done it won't be my problem but yeah please stop creating these fucking monsters man
2: okay so i i agree with with everything that was discussed i'm glad we had that conversation i do want to move it on though to the the press policies and unpack the the good video that travis made and, and kind of talk about some of these things because for me you know submitting the pre submitting the questions is a really interesting tactic. And I want to speak more broadly about what Riot's doing and why they might be doing that, because it's very odd to have these pre-submitted questions, especially to league officials, which is unlike most sports, especially when in any kind of press conference, anyone can just say, I'm not going to answer that question right now if you don't want to answer the question, right? Or we'll have an announcement about that in X amount of time. So Unfortunately, we're kind of left to some very weird conclusions, which is either the people that are making these decisions for whatever reason are incapable of reacting appropriately for Riot on camera in the moment without any kind of of, you know, preparation. Or I think this is the more likely answer is that especially messaging around LCS has gotten so out of control from Riot's perspective that they feel they need to clamp down. I mean, beyond the broad things about, you know, the company and their various scandals that Riot has gone under for um, you know, all the the lawsuits and everything that we've talked about previously, but also just about LCS right now. I mean, I think it's a really difficult position for them to be in. Now I don't agree with the way they are dealing with it by not having the real league officials come out and speak openly and deal transparently with the problems, but you know, we had a four Horsemen episode about the the re- potential removal of region locking and th- this is what the, the this is what prompted Travis's video was him submitting this question pre-submitting this question about the removal of region locking which was kind of semantically dodged that he points out and he then tried to ask a follow up about changing region locking which by the way I would be very surprised if at the end of this year region locking was not changed so that all minor regions now count um as residents so besides the four major regions i think that's probably what's going to happen if i had to guess um but probably for all leagues by these, the way I've, yes I've, for all leagues yeah I of go, I guess. yeah yeah yeah, for all leagues, but really it only benefits NA is is the answer. They're doing something that technically benefits everybody, but in practice really only benefits North America. Uh, maybe Europe and Turkey to some extent, but we which, don't get into which that. Which,
3: by the way, I think, I think because that's North America, there are some legitimate reasons for that other than trying to favor the North American owners and their power, right? I mean, part of that is I think the NA league player base as a whole, right? Including like up and coming pros that could feed into your amateur system. I think the North American player base is not in a very good spot. Just no, generally, it's and it look like
2: here's here's just here's just objectively what is going on. Um, LCS viewership isn't great right now compared to what it was in the past. We're no longer getting you know a few years ago CLG versus TSM was four hundred thousand concurrence. It's not that shape anymore. Um, they're losing control of the narrative, and I think this is really what is bothering them is because of the rise of co streaming. You have a bunch of people who basically are controlling the narrative of the hardcore fans to, to a ludicrous degree right now where they can say, oh, this region is so bad. And the LCS was getting a lot of negative coverage, which then affects their viewership. It affects their sponsors. And so I think that this was an overreaction, if I had to guess, to a hell of a lot of negativity and bad press that Riot was experiencing. And this transition is them trying to get themselves back on the, the right track in terms of PR.
1: I think it's both at the same time. Like, for example, I do think, by the way, because it's just riots and if you see them, they don't seem like they trust anyone except themselves to just act like a normal human being because they have such ridiculous ideas of what storyline they want you to keep with and what not to address that, like, I don't think they trust Monty, even, like, certain officials of LCS, to say the messaging correct and, you know, hit the correct topic points. And then the point about, like, uh, yeah, go on.
3: I was just gonna say games PR in general is overly conscious in a way that is uh or like overly conscious to that and protective in a way that's very unhealthy. I think like we can all kind of talk about dealing with PR people over the years, like at all companies, they're all very overprotective. And I think it's it's really terrible having dealt with some of the sports PR people that exist in some of these esports teams now because they work in sports, basketball, football, whatever, right? And they own an esports team. Um way Way more amenable, um, than than the people that work traditionally in games. The problem you've with
0: American companies and the PR people that they send out is they all fucking jerk off at night about how they're going to work in politics, uh, one day and it, live out a very weird
2: world. stepping stone to politics. <laughs>
0: Trust me, dude. Like the whole tech Silicon Valley computing thing, like know, start so PR. They think they're going to get there. They really believe it. They think one day they're going to be coming out and like talking to a journalist and going, "Yes." They think they're going to
3: be Gen Saki. Yeah, like, Joe B- the Biden. Yeah, the Biden uh, press, they've seen press the secretary. West Wing.
0: Yeah, and they think, "Yeah, Joe Biden on his fiftieth term. Yeah, si- cybernetic Joe Biden will fucking take your question now." You know, it's like saying like, have. so. Well, all I, I was just, I was just going to say,
3: I but I, I actually do think you know, like I've, I. Have gotten to know and interviewed him many times chris greeley for example right like chris greeley's not an idiot he understands oh. semantics right like he understands how to phrase something if he's asked a question he knows how to say no if or like i'm not going to answer that right i did a panel with south by southwest or at south by southwest in a couple years ago with chris greeley and and i said to him i i say this to a lot of these guys actually the year before that um i was supposed to do a panel. I yeah, I was supposed to do a panel with Nate Nancer, and and I got pulled out from under me because I reported a story on Blizzard uh, at the time and their struggles on, ex- on expansion in February. South by came around in March, and I was no longer interviewing Nate. Um, and then the year, uh, like, but I still was able to have him in the Longhorn Network studio, ESPN studio. And I said to Nate, and I said this to Chris a year later whatever you do, no matter what I ask on this stage or on this interview, don't lie. I'm going to dodge my question. If you want to tell me you don't want to answer something, fine, say that. That's okay. I'm not going to get angry with you for saying that, but do not lie. And that's, that's all I, I say that. Preface before we go go live or go on a stage or whatever with these people. They're not stupid. Chris Crew is a really smart dude. He's an it's a former lawyer, practicing lawyer, sports lawyer in, in the New York Metro area. He knows how to say no. He knows how to avoid a question, right? Without lying. He's not an idiot, but like sometimes I definitely see where Riot PR is overly protective of someone like him, highly but educated. Th- I know. Right? Exactly. Like, I like that. I, I, no I, 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 I don't have a bad
2: opinion of Chris. And I think he's he's doing the job that needs to be done in terms of presenting the the the, the like there are some unpopular things you know that sometimes have to be presented and he does that but at the same time like we have to ask why why is there this weird pre-submitted medium and then filtered through somebody asking pr to these people because riot appears to think that's necessary and that's what's confusing to me is why they think it's necessary
1: here's my answer basically i think it is the second part which is that This is the problem. There is no reasonable human being that, like, as soon as you tell me all that, well, he's actually an intelligent person and, you know, he can speak for himself and he can say, no, that's my riot. Doesn't want him in front of a camera answering a question by someone like me or Richard. Because what they're scared of is that he actually will be the guy who believes he's legit. And he'll try to actually answer a question, which if you riot is certain death. Like, for example, they don't want you to ask a pro player in the LCS, does the spring split actually matter? Now you could get a lot of amazing opinions about that. You might you get a lot of silly ones. And a lot of they don't don't they don't want the question to exist. Therefore, we cannot postulate the premise. They don't want even the think, concept think to exist. Think how for that would go
0: over with the sponsors, Duncan. You see, there you go. element yeah, well, well, yeah, yeah, to split. this oh, as well.
1: There's one element to this as well that people will be missing as well, which is when Monty there was like, I don't mind this Chris Greedy. I think he seems like a piece of shit. I think the way that he quite blatantly as a reprisal against Travis for daring to speak out went out of his way to uncharitably. Imagine being a cocksucker who works for Riot as a mouthpiece. You're talking about uncharitable interpretations of stuff. Should we talk about what your mates are up to in your fucking office, son? Because I can get uncharitable as a motherfucker. I'm like the reverse fucking Mother Teresa now here's the thing right when they did this Tra- no one in the world no one in the entire world of functional adults thought Travis was reporting that the LCS owners had a meeting and did a- an official vote which overruled everything the play union does no human being thought that that premise is a ludicrous straw man that was constructed as a conceit by Chris Greeley as far as I can tell just to imply that Travis is a fucking clown he is but not in that particular way who doesn't even understand the semantics well, his, of his own mother tongue, and therefore inappropriately said that like an official like well, function. To be, to bless, be fair, which even Travis's own video it showed, they didn't think that like none of that could be true.
3: To be fair, Travis used the word "vote" in his headline. That was his fucking downfall. He legitimately in his YouTube video headline and in his tweet sure. he used the word "vote," which they didn't vote. So like. I agree. If you watch the whole video, sure, he says kind of like he goes into more detail, but like, dude, use the word "vote," and he shouldn't have. That was that was my critique. And then he hid behind the "I'm not a journalist," which again is like super problematic. But yeah, but but using the word "vote" is just bullshit. It's not really his fault
0: because how how
3: could he possibly know that accuracy matters for journalists? (laughs) I mean, fair, (laughs) but yeah, he used the word "vote." in In that case. Cause I said something to Travis and people were like, Oh, the road like Dom is in the chat, I think in your Twitch chat. And he like Twitch or was like stirring the pot on this one. Uh, but yeah, like Travis used the word vote. Don't use the fucking word vote or learn, learn your like, yeah, the way you communicate yeah, things but, is a part of journalism.
2: <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, I can, I can tell you from my own information and I'm sure most of us probably can that these conversations are ongoing about what to do with Academy um
3: yes. and you just i mean i, I know just legitimately on. voted it out right like that <laughs> there was a real vote in europe to get rid of it but like so the, the sentiment is not wrong right like i think there are some lcs owners that want to keep academy i don't think it's all of them i think it's a mischaracterization yeah. to say it's all 10 of them right or all 10 orgs but to say the majority of them have that sentiment that's not wrong to say that they voted on something that is wrong
2: uh, yeah, and also I and I think he's you know, Greeley is right to say like they can't just unilaterally vote this out too, which I do think is oh, an who important point to that, Who's he
1: right to correct on that one? Who's he correcting on that one? Go on, <laughs> Give me an that... No, no, no. It's oh, it's a true. Straw man doesn't exist. Like Chris Greeley yes. is the best ever at Flim Thrower and straw men that we're never going to attack him because they're literally straw men. An awesome job, mate. Well, what's his job again? Well, Chief cocksucker? He... Isn't he the fucking like head of esports or something? His title is fucking head of esports.
0: Chief cocksucker. He's the head <laughs> so, of how, how do you get that job? That's what I want
2: <laughs> So I, I, I just I, I just don't understand why the messaging was That like I think you can say we're having conversations about what to do with academy, and you know like be give some level of transparency because for me the deflection was super weird and also doesn't actually give anyone any hope about what the academy system could be changed into, which may in fact be positive.
3: Inside, I think I think that that like as I understand Travis's reporting process before that video, if I want to use that word in quotes. Um, he there was, cons- so there, stuff, <laughs> there, okay, there, there was, there was, there was concern that from Academy players who heard about this, that he was digging, that they were going to lose their jobs because he used the word vote. He was asked explicitly, please do not use the word vote. It's not accurate. Right. He was given a lot of background information from some of the people I talked to right he was given a lot of background information about actually how this would work if they were to get rid of it and he made a lot of players because he used the wrong word very scared for their livelihoods which that is generally irresponsible is his point and his sentiment wrong no it was not but the and and could chris have done a better job of communicating it yes i agree with that too but like using that word was not appropriate either and but i mean that's that's part of journalism is understanding how you phrase something in a way that's not sensationalist that doesn't misconstrue your facts and you communicate it in the proper way that that's part of the job right richard like,
1: let me ask you on this one don't you think it was a reprisal the way it was the way it was done
0: Oh, almost certainly yes um okay so uh, uh, right, before I fully committed...
1: I'll, 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 just, I'll very quickly say as well, just to look cool. back into the Travis conversation before, Travis's response to Riot clowning him was exactly why he deserves everything he will ever yes. get from yes. that company. Because his response essentially was to go, look, I actually like this guy. What that would have to do with the like veracity of what someone's saying, I'll never understand. Yeah. But it betrays everything about his psychology. And then he effectively was sort of like, and I thought, you know, it's fine. It's, it's fine what they're doing to me. It's like, you deserve everything, mate. Like, you can never... Never fucking actually take a stand, even for yourself in that scenario.
0: So um before I uh ruined my life and, and fully committed to esports, uh I used to be an office manager and uh, and and then I also ended up being a shop steward, you know, like a trade union representative. So both sides of the equation. And basically, there is there is a phenomenon that happens in an office environment, which is when when a when a manager or a company or you know, whatever it is suspects that somebody just isn't going to get it or they're bad news or they're doing things and we just can't catch them there is a, uh, a, a term where you what you call manage them out and what you do is you realize that on a long enough time scale everyone fucks up at work everyone makes a mistake so what you do is you just you essentially surveil them round the clock <laughs> You listen in on their calls, you check the fucking emails, you use all your managerial privileges to catch them uh doing something wrong, and then you put them in the fucking wood chipper of the of of the disciplinary process and so what riot gate and, and this is a big part of corporate culture, you know especially in America. Where you are on these contracts that don't actually uphold any kind of workers' rights, you know we we just need a we just need a reason to terminate you and then and then we can so uh what you'll find is riot games understand that corporate culture, think about the people who founded the company and where they came from, one from the world of marketing, the other from the world of banking, the two most evil industries plaguing humankind coming together, and they just so happen to choose to make a video game. With Chinese money, and they hired a fucking deranged sociopath to do their disciplinary behavioral process. Jesus Christ. How fantastic. <laughs> what a great environment for children? I'm sure there's nothing untoward there. So one of the things they understand, perhaps more than any other company that exists in our space, is this idea of managing somebody out, keeping them on the outside, and, and treating it like layers. So Travis, this is this is a shot across across Travis's bows. No matter whether he's right or wrong, I'm inclined to lean more towards Jacob's interpretation than anyone else's. Frankly, I, th- I think Travis fucked up. He gave them the rope and said, "You won't, you won't do anything with that rope. You won't do anything bad to me, will you?" But equally, you have to understand, Travis was firing a shot across their bows, in particular with this story and his video prior to it. This is a classic egotistical stare down, and you will not win one of those against Riot. So what they've done is they've hit back, and they are managing Travis out. Be be under no illusion, this is a test. People are going to see, how many clicks is he getting on those videos? Oh, not quite so much. How did it go over in the community? They hire people fastidiously to read every comment on Reddit. Uh, They're going to judge the reaction. Uh, in the Reddit thread, and they're going to strategize appropriately, and, and that will most likely include another shot across Travis's bows very quickly. So we're going to find out the fettle of young Travis Gafford because we because he's in for a tough time now. He's he stated his intentions. I riot games don't bluff. <laughs> uh,
3: I, I will just will, say on they will manage you out. I will just say on that part, like the one thing I think most of the press corps and the LCS does poorly, if we want to go back a little bit more broad than just him, is they're not very level with Riot. They don't they don't stand up to Riot in any sort of way. I have. I mean, do you? I would say, I kind of do actually a little bit. I would say I have a working professional relationship with Riot Games, meaning if I want to call to get a comment on a story. Right, for example, the TSM FTX thing, right? Like, the, the whole thing was basically that TSM casually omitted from their press release, which they gave me, casually omitted that, that Riot said they couldn't use the name. I was told in a call that it was all games. And Riot got pissed because Riot had said, no, you can't use this in Valorant and League, right? And and so Riot's hair was on fire because it was out there that they could use it in Bower and League, right? I called the called certain people at riot have got the comment a couple hours later right like i have a professional working relationship with them generally right as someone who covers their game um but i also am kind of one of the first people that when they do something really shitty put my foot down we had some pressure press issues around msi with my team i wasn't involved i didn't really cover msi day to day we had some issues where the Riot eu team was miscommunicating with teams making us look bad that we did something poorly Right. Uh, And making these teams like not want to work with us for the rest of the event at one point. Right. And even though we did nothing wrong. And so I went and was just like, hey, it's kind of bullshit. Can you like fix this? Can we like work with Story Mob, like another PR agency that's like running this event for some people? Can we make sure this doesn't happen again? I really don't want to have my staff or myself have to go put out hairs on fire with teams that don't want to work with us during this event because we didn't do anything wrong. You just miscommunicated. That's on you. Right, like you have to kind of put your foot down, but the problem is, and this is a, such a problem with all of esports journalism, is that you know, I, here I play League of Legends probably twenty hours a week. Let's say fifteen hours a week. I play the game a lot. I enjoy the game. I have basically for the past decade, right? Like it's something I I play or past nine years or whatever. It's something I play a lot, but They've at the got same
0: your chat logs, Jacob. Just let you know.
3: That's fine. I I. The worst i've ever called anybody is a fucking idiot so that's that's fine go ahead and put it out i'll say i'll say that's it now. literally everybody that's, in league <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i i know how to flame without being anything that's going to get rings, me on the canceled hand, um it's like uh anyway so like you know i play plenty of league and when i first got into this industry it's because i love the game i wanted to be a part of the community right i was watching content from all three of you actually and and like wanted to was interested in doing kind of what you guys did right and i've been really public about that um but at the same time you have to be able to separate yourself from you have to be able to separate yourself from the game your love for the game and the fact that you are a press member who is covering the industry and that you can stand up and put your foot down and have some ethics and stand for something. I can be equally contentious with riot games over a press issue one day and play league of legends in the same fucking evening. That's cool. I can do that. I can enjoy the game while also being frustrated with the people that make it. And it's okay. Right? Like that's, that's the thing you have to be able to make that separation. The problem is, is that most people in the press court cannot and that is the issue. That's why they're allowed to slide on so many things. They should stand up to Riot. They should ask Riot the hard questions, because if everyone started doing it magically overnight, right, if every person who covered Riot said, we are not giving you mouthpiece access, we are not just reprinting everything you say when you're dealing with issues like sexual harassment and abuse, then wow, something would actually change. And you're right.
0: And now you understand the true sin of Travis Gaffin. He's it, the, it, he's yeah, the guy out. who'll break rank, right? And yes, there will exactly. always be one. He's I mean, the Scab. Yes. Every <laughs> every every scene has okay. has a Travis Gafford. I mean, you know, he, he, the the people that will surrender the principle for the content for the exclusive. Cipher but in I, the Matrix. Well, yeah, but but listen, I I also understand it. I mean, like, let, let's 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 let, let's the steak is delicious. <laughs> yeah, let, it is, and I know it's fake, but it's fucking delicious, right? No, but but uh, you know, I I I can understand it. Journalism is an industry is on its fucking knees. It deserves to be, if we're honest, but that's a separate topic, and. It, people, it's your favorite topic though <laughs> yeah but you know i'm 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 a broken fucking record at this point so but but it's on its knees right it doesn't make money it, you know content is king it's the only thing that keeps journalism upright and that can be with an incredible exposé but those are so much harder than that one off exclusive interview with a popular person and so immediately you see the discrepancy. You can work two years on a really good story. Hell, maybe longer. Uh, or I can get an interview with a really popular player and I can keep the fucking lights on at the publication I work right. for for another month. And so the developers, the the people that can... Wheeled access will always hold you over a barrel. And there will never be true unity in journalism because it's a fundamentally competitive industry.
3: But it but it needs to go both ways. It really does like that's what I was talking about, like, you know, Dots League section performs really well, right? Like if, if like I'm not saying we've done this, but I'm saying like if they really wanted to play hardball, right? You have no more access. Great, we won't cover it. Yeah. There's a uh, hundreds of thousands of people. I, I, what in that I found right, in like... my
0: experience, and and you know, because I went through that same moral quandary, uh, 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 and and it was that the first ever blacklist I received was so fucking liberating. Oh it was, yeah. it, it, it was a the bad best honor. thing. Because what I written, well, not even that. I just realized, wait, so okay, I don't get the interview with the player but i can write an opinion piece or interview somebody a competitor of your league and i can actually print their unfettered opinions and unchecked for the first time ever because my company now no longer has a relationship with you so we can hear right? yeah, so yeah. we can hear the other side yes. of the equation for the it's first actually time actually
1: necessitated by them banning you
0: yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and you know, when I think about all the orgs that have blacklisted me down the years, you know, Team Liquid did it for a bit, uh, Evil Genius did it for a bit, ESL did it for a bit. Uh, it's they all, they yeah, they all they all came back around, and and so yeah, it, people should put their foot down. I I I these junior journalists, like you named some great names. Some of them have even been nominated for uh, Esports uh, Journalist of the Year despite their tender years. And that's fantastic. Um, But it's really hard. You know, it's like it's hard when you're a junior and you get hired and you're told to step up and go get the traffic. The whole industry is broken in that sense. And I know Riot know that and they exploit that. And equally, from Riot's perspective, I don't blame them for exploiting it. It shouldn't be as easy.
1: It's but, just an obvious uh, tactic to apply, isn't it? remember, they they don't care about journalism. They just want their game presented in the way that they I, want for marketing reasons and PR, of course.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like it's it's just a it's part of what drove me to choose where I wanted to work. This you know the in the fall uh, winter after the ESPN layoffs, right? Like I, I left a month and a half early and did, took some time off. Did a job search. I like I interviewed with thirty plus people. I had offers that are double what I currently make that I said no to because I thought it was a shitty job. It was not a job that I wanted. It wasn't something I wanted to do. I wanted to work for a place that has access to a lot of those more junior journalists that you're talking about, people that I could work with and and teach and like you know build up that sort of like confidence and strength at a company that that is good at finding those people, right? Mm-hmm. Like I came through that company um, as as a junior journalist, right, six years ago, and and I just think it's it's just sad though because like so many of the So many of the editors that work at those websites don't know better themselves. So how are they supposed to tell their writers to to do any different?
1: Oh, yeah. There's a big, if you knew some of the stories I heard, I won't say which sites, but people can guess editors literally taking the absolute best writers in esports, hacking away at some of the parts of their stories while telling them stuff like, look, gamers don't have very long attention spans which by the way if you know the field I'm talking about like a long narrative piece a historical piece that's exactly the person who does have an attention span the guy who's already 80% of the way through a long historical piece by definition he's bought his train ticket he wants to go to fucking Nerdville he isn't trying to go whoa 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 let's keep this all like you know pop culture and stuff yeah I agree Uh, part of it's also like systemic within the journalistic industry itself like you either have people who only know what Richard says like the journalism approach you just churn out as much shit as you can you hope some of it or as you said jacob they just don't have the background that like, they don't know themselves you can aspire to a higher ideal they think this is just how business is done yeah you just do it this way well
3: and you put and you put the, those people as the people who manage websites right like that's yes. the other part too the, the one thing that's yes. interesting about like daughter vixardo which by Alexa rank are the most successful in the industry right like the the thing about them both is that they have someone at the very top who's background is not in esports Right, like they're educated from something else, and they they can provide guidance in a way that that does matter from an ethical perspective. Right? Do hate
0: me whenever I say this, but it's like uh, I always maintain, and they will never make me recant this statement, even though they hate the term clickbait. I'm not supposed to use it, but I'm an editor at large. They can fire me anytime they want. I'll I'll be fine. <laughs> um, so they 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 do clickbait to fund what I do. Yeah. It's, yep. it's it's
3: it's not doesn't dot doesn't do Quickbait, but we do a lot of SEO stuff. SEO drives a lot of the revenues that pays for my salary. I would be the first one to admit that I'm not egotistical enough to say that my content yeah, drive I, th- th- I, think,
0: I think I'm supposed to call it SEO stuff as well. I don't know. Is it like you cover a fucking story that's just like, well, you'll never guess what Pokemane said on a stream yeah. the other day, it, and it's like I I don't know what value that has to anybody because if you watch the stream, you know, and if you didn't watch the stream, you probably don't fucking care. Uh, I mean, because because yeah. people
3: because people search for it in
0: Google, right? Like yes, I look at the exactly. I look at the,
3: I look at those two websites, right? They're always within like a, a, a thousand or they, whatever there's each a other. Chance it's top when website. I type in
0: Pokemane <laughs> feet pics, it comes up.
3: But but so I guess the, it has the, value. The re- but but the reason. <laughs> The reason I say it, like those two websites are cut from the same cloth. It's just Dot covers more general gaming stuff about like League of Legends patch notes, etc., and Dick covers Twitch drama. Right? Like it's fine. Yeah, they, they're successful both for the same reason. Just different I am types glad of, they do. They cut me a fucking it's fine. check every month. It's yeah, fine, you know. but it allows it allows people like us to go do the big the big journalism features that are fun and are good to the industry. Right? Like, but. But I mean, that's why. But the problem is, is that those are the minority of the websites in this industry that succeed and have the, you know, have the ten, fifteen-year journalist at the top of them, right, as the editor, versus the smaller websites that are the ones in the LCS and the LEC press corps, and they are the ones that have to bow to riot or feel like they have to, and they don't know any better. But you'll never
0: reach a point of purity, because again, I like Deserto. I like the guys who run Deserto. I consider them actually friends. Ah, uh, uh, but uh, I'll also add. You know, we did this thing. We did a podcast. <laughs> oh, they're really going to hate me. Who cares? Uh, and we did this podcast. It was called, uh, it was originally called Under the Influence. Basically what it was going to be. Oh, I remember gonna be me, Yeah, it was going <laughs> to be me. And it was going to be someone else, Mike, who works at the company. Uh, uh, and We were going to talk about influencer stories. We picked three big stories relating to influencers. We do 15 minutes because Zoomers have no fucking attention span. Uh, well, me and Thorin and Monty are doing, like, three-hour breakdowns on, like, one fucking topic, <laughs> right? You know, and then the, the average Zoomer is like, right, can you timestamp that, please? Because I need your two-minute soundbite or it cannot go in my fucking break. So we we did this podcast, and basically my take was I, I find influencer culture repulsive. I find selling your influence is an idea repulsive. And I find a lot of the things these people do would just be, like, Outrageously st- stupid or rotten. So my take coming into all the stories was well, you'll never guess what happened here. Look at this moron. Look at this asshole. And we got three episodes in, and then some higher up at the circle said we can't have him doing the influencer stories. <laughs> he's he's always fucking negative. He's and I'm going. That's the point. That's that that'll sell eventually on long enough timescale. We got yeah. we had to change the name. It couldn't be called Under the Influence because. uh it 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 would fuck us up with uh, alcohol sponsors, apparently. right? I'd probably in the search. Um, and yeah, what, you, yeah, and what you realize is, it's if you want to do journalism non-independently, there is a penance you pay every step of the way, and it doesn't matter how high up you go. You can get to me. I can't even do a podcast laughing at fucking PewDiePie or fucking one of the Paul brothers. Uh, be, because uh, some sponsor isn't gonna like it, yeah. he, he, you know. It, it's 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 all a fuck. So imagine what it's like. For some fucking seventeen-year-old, first big break, go to a riot event, and you want to put your foot down and say, "Hey, riot games, you fucking suck." <laughs> what you know? This is what I mean. It's like I am sympathetic, but I but please stand up to them. Please Once. be that seventeen-year-old with a backbone. But but you're not, are you? You're the other 99%. You just want to be here and enjoy the show and m- make money. and I, I guess that's okay, too.
3: But it's why, like, you know, people will decry, like, talking about this stuff, us uh, us two in particular talking about this stuff, at, like, as if we're, like, some, like, drama-mongering motherfuckers, right? That's why we're on the show, but it's not. The reason, like, I wanted to do this when Monty reached out was because I wanted to talk about this type of stuff, the fact that it is important to stand up, right? Like, you can do it. When I broke that rock story, I was... I think I was 20, right? Like, because I I was really tough, bro. I mean, my But but the thing is that I I stood up to that developer at 20 years old, right? Like, I was was a young dude, and like, you can do it. You can do it if you're listening to this. You can do it. Here's like,
1: one. Here's a rare example of where actually Jacob has followed suit to what I said earlier. When I actually pointed out last year that TSM had basically just like lied, called me fake news, like literally repeatedly lied about that situation with Lena and Double Jacob actually himself corroborated, like, yeah, I've had issues dealing with TSM sometimes as well. That's like, right. they can be sort of a bit vindictive, basically. And so he didn't give like all the details, but he gave like his, right. his version of it. It doesn't have to do that. By the way, if you do that, that might cause problems with an org like TSM because the joke that's of people right. like TSM and Riot is, as they explicitly tell you, "Oh, I would never punish you anyone for that." They actually punish you while doing that because that's how much little self awareness these people actually have. Like, so yeah, no, the, the you, but that's one of the things in general in the industry. I know people think again; they want to make it like it's drama. This is literally our livelihood. And if people don't, on some level, agree there are lines that can't be crossed, they can come for any single person and they can take everyone to the limit. Like, that's why you can't sure. have people who scabs. You have to have at least some understanding of, like, it doesn't matter what we agree on, like, personally on this. This issue is fucked up if they do it. And people have to come together on that. Because also, the other thing is, this is a rare example of where you can use influence for good. Like, the signal boost that, like, all the main journalists in esports can get if they, like, boost a story is enormous. Because even if it doesn't get to every fan, it gets to all the people in the industry need to know that part of the story and if there's one thing we've learned from these fucking episodes about riots is the one thing they inarguably do care about is optics so if you can make them look really bad they are actually on some level they must do something now what they must do there's a million ways they can wiggle out of it but they must at least do something so like to me that's just even literally giving exposure is a big deal that's why when I said earlier I get disappointed when people like Travis don't do it sometimes it's just a retweet mate we're not even talking about putting your like balls on the table just do a retweet of the fuck and starting and help it get out there you know well
3: but back to the point rich, also it's i was i was just gonna say really quickly the back of the point that rich made earlier about this community maturing and growing up actually this community tends to stand with journalists now they stand up for the yes, journalists in a lot of regards when, when a journalist is the one under fire by someone by a team or whatever they're like yo fuck you fuck you team executive i stand with this journalist they do good work Right? Like if you'd have Rick- told me that when I was calling out absolute <laughs> legends in twenty twelve, I would have said you're insane. <laughs> it's true, but but it's true, yeah.
2: What what I think is weird too, and and what Travis pointed out in his video is also the discrepancy in Riot PR because in, in the on the game side, they're incredibly transparent. Like they're designers for game stream. You know, some of their individual yeah, uh, sure. you know, employees are are posting patch notes or like patch previews and they answer questions. And so what's really weird about the esports scene is that it's so different in tone and an access level. And, you know, how many times can you even describe what John Needham looks like? By the way, he's the one in charge of eSports globally. That's like true. no one ever sees this guy. He's a ghost. He is a ghost. And there isn't a face to this. There isn't regular press appearances from anybody. There isn't any kind of interface that they do with the community. And I complained about the, the way they message things before, which is at the start of of the, the spring sp- or the summer split of last year, what they did was they they issued like a, a statement about Black Lives Matter. And, but the way they did this was that they used their freelance broadcast talent to read a message on the stream instead of an actual Riot executive sitting there and and delivering that message. And it's like, you know, I don't know if the talent agreed with it, but I think that it's egregious to a- to ask freelancers who are there to do a job with your company to deliver a corporate message
0: when you they the executive were coming from. We out to announce their event a big cancel mate
3: yes yeah they i know but that's all, I mean, the point also also and all you saw from a riot executive was him basically saying george floyd deserved it by the way, if you remember, there was a Facebook post that he oh, he got yeah, let he go. Got you remember that? Yeah. There was yeah. there was oh, a yes. higher uh, it was a higher up at Riot that made a Facebook post about basically just how another Detroit reason. A fucking love it. it?
0: Yeah. Just another fucking yeah. reason. I love Riot Games and, executives. I guess. And so, he so, but, and he I, and
3: that's all you see. Because you're right, because the freelancers have to say it, they have to stand up, they're like, you know, they, they're the ones that ha- are being put up to the social message, and then all you see from the executive is that he's making the stupid fucking Facebook post. and yes, he got re- let go, he resigned from the company, I'm forced out, right? But like, at the same time, when you're contrasting, you're right, that is not good.
2: Yeah, but what my point is, is like, on the one hand, on the game side, we have all this transparency from the company, um, like... You know, he points out that Riot Mort, who uh, is the one who is the principal designer behind TFT streams all the time. I know from talking to Doha, who's deep in the TFT scene, that, you know, he's really an open book. And so what's confusing is that there is all there's there's this level of obfuscation around the esports angle. And what this what I infer from this correctly or not, because it's the only thing I can infer is that things are going really well on the game side and there is a reason they have to, to to draw in the pr on the esports side I, I can only assume based on behavior that that reason is negative it may not be it may not be in the end like but it that's that's what you infer and it's really it's really odd because most of the time this sports executives and riot loves to compare themselves to traditional sports are the ones in front of the camera right i, I am a commissioner of a league i've we four horsemen me, <laughs> you know, basically you did. Uh, you did that. And I showed up and I, t- I talked about the, issue. and we
0: were very gentle and we sent you a hemorrhoid cushion afterwards. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much. <laughs>
2: but, but my point is, is like, I try and put myself out there and I don't, you know, I don't censor questions or I don't ask for pre-submitted questions. And I, I aim for a level of transparency when it comes to flashpoint and Thorne did too, when he was a part of it as a core principle of what we wanted to do when forming the league. And, and so i just get so confused as to why the pr is so odd on the esports side but so open as as travis points out on the game side and i can only assume it's because they feel that they have to protect themselves um, for, for uh, reasons
0: so listen i i think this is an interesting angle to explore but i also it, i'm i'm kind of a little bit surprised that you're the one that wants to explore it because you're usually the one that has a very good understanding of of where we're at with American sports products. I mean, that's what we're talking about here, a product. And when you look at, okay, so let's do something analogous. Uh, NBA, Chinese expansion, uh, the Hong Kong protests occur, right? The amount of money that is on the fucking line here it we it is hundreds of millions. It is. I mean, famously, they
1: said they would literally just stop showing NBA games in China because of like Murray yes, right. and LeBron's comments. Yeah, that's yes,
0: right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And and so what what we ended up with is we end up in this insane world. Okay. Now, by the way, I've I've, I've actually met uh, Adam Silver uh, again because we Mission filmed, of the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we filmed right now – and super cool dude like you know doing all the travis gafford qualifiers but you end up in this mad world don't you where he comes out and he says we're never going to censor anyone from saying anything uh because uh, at the nba we, we, we're not like they're no fun league we, we allow are owners and athletes to express their opinions. So you go, okay, that's cool. I like still find the fuck out of you if you can about the refs, I notice. But yeah, oh, true. Then <laughs> then uh, you have somebody say, well, of course Hong Kong should be fucking free, and what China's doing is fucking outrageous.
3: Mm.
0: And now all of a sudden it's a big bro-ha-ha. <laughs> you, you look he's to LeBron, you look to LeBron.
3: Right. Like Emma uh, Silver's the best of the, the sports in this yeah. regard, and True. and and it's still not great. It's still not great. And but you look to you LeBron, the best of the your big
0: star, and now the press put pressure on him, and he goes,
3: "You know, I
0: think we just shouldn't try and be politicians over here. We're we're athletes, after all. Got an opinion about every fucking thing else. Uh, uh, and what you'll realize is this is the information is being disseminated." You are being told what you can and can't say. The motherfucker from, it was the Rockets, right? Yes. Thanks. Now with the 76ers. Yeah. Uh, he came out and sort of apologized, but didn't apologize. And that must be great. where Sad learned it
3: from, right? There we go.
0: Yeah. So we'll whatever. Well,
3: that's his mentor. So actually, there right. Go. There you go. There
0: you go. From the so yeah. when I look at how Riot Games operate, and then I look at like how the NPA op- op- operate. I look at how Activision Blizzard operate, where they literally find a player and removed him from a fucking tournament circuit for six months on appeal. That was for se- for saying Hong Kong deserves human rights and not to be oppressed by a fucking tyranny that by the way right now is still exterminating Uyghur Muslims and everyone in America is and, still and doing just shut with down
3: them. the only independent press publication in all of Hong Kong by the way yes. Apple Daily got shut down last oh, week. Oh Hong, so. Hong
0: Kong has fallen
3: It's gonna yeah, make some because, storm because, storm. The, West got, got for,
0: because
1: the West industries China's been out because the West the region. West
0: got the West got bored <laughs> after a week when it wasn't a hashtag or a t-shirt, we all fucking forgot about it. so when when that's happening, and we're talking about the biggest corporations on planet Earth and the biggest sports leagues on planet Earth, you can't particularly single
3: out riot, can you? They're no, in they're, line with the NBA they're they are. You know it's interesting, like even comparing like the say BLB thing, right? Like the that happened a few months ago in, yes. in Overwatch. Yes. Um,
1: yeah, they were I think team,
3: Yeah. I I think the only reason the only reason it didn't get worse is because there was so much backlash around the Blitzchunk yes. thing a few years ago, right? Because like Activision Blizzard, like you know how many people can't cancel their WoW subs because of that, right? Like people were. Outraged at the chung thing, but like it took that much blowback to have some fucking human decency. Like Jesus Christ, well, but, but, and stand well, up again, there like someone's...
0: Outrage, by the way, especially in esports and gaming circles, outrages you
3: angrily tweeted for like twice. To be fair, I I actually do think it. it Th- they were make a huge about financial a
0: protest at Activision Blizzard, and it was sixty fucking people.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, the impo- the impo- ca- ca- No one has any principles. we don't we simply don't there's like a handful of us yeah and you will be despised spat upon and live every day like it's the passion of the fucking christ and everyone else just give me my video games give me the thing
3: i want i i wanted to hark back to something christopher said earlier uh though i will commend uh duncan and christopher the both of you for your openness around flashpoint and its issues just generally right and like standing up for what has gone well and what has gone wrong Um, but from my experience as a third party journalist, not involved with Flashpoint and not, you know, not like talking to you guys every single day, I will say that the PR companies that you, that were hired for Flashpoint, some of them are quite protective and they were protective around Flashpoint. I don't think you, you are the reason that happened. I don't think you told them to be protective. I just think it's a natural instinct. For games I, PR people,
1: I'll actually and go that, from that. Like, I'll give you a quick story. Yeah. Basically, I had similar things happen where the firm they brought in to do like media, but they were doing stuff, dude. Like, trying to book me on to like CS podcasts, and I was telling the guy, like, "You are aware, you can just send that guy to me. Like, I've been on a million podcasts. And I have my own. You know, if I want to go on it, I'll go." And they were going, "No, no, but we can tell him to like submit the topics." So I was like, I, "I don't care what the topics are." that's right. But, that's right. That's right. What I'm corroborating here, though, mate, is like obviously I didn't tell them to do it, but you're right. By default, they just assumed this is the way it would be held, handled. You know, sure. that that's, that's right. sort of, like it's make sure oh, no one could come in without Remember the story I just Earth told Earth.
0: you, Doug, don't fucking buy the numbers, mate. <laughs> yes. With NIP. They it's... they they reached out to me. They went, Richard, we understand you're an incredible journalist in the space. Like not anymore. Not anymore, by the way. Oh, I do want to say just on camera, in case anyone thinks I am a demented egotist. Me being on the list for fucking each sport showers the year this year is an outrage. Uh, it's an outrage. I don't think I've even done anything, have I? <laughs> I'm talking to a webcam now, like <laughs> uh, usually <laughs> half pissed, whatever. That nah, it's an outrage, but anyway, they fucking so basically, what you end up with is this nightmarish fucking... hang on, I forgot. I've lost my thread. Where was it going with it? You were talking about Nip, NIP. NIP. and IP yeah, and right. their protection. So I right. end up in this the nightmare situation the where yeah. the circle said to me that I have to be the guy who has to do the interview with device his first, his first interview. And NIP said, we'd love you because we understand you're a journalist of some standing to do the interview. But the people who were running the, uh, uh, the agency for device didn't really know who I was and didn't know the type of questions I would ask. And DeSoto went all in and said, yeah, we'll send you Richard Lewis and he'll give you all this great content. We'll do a wicked podcast. So I went there, sat there and sat waiting let's do it zoom up black screens no one's coming i get a message uh yeah we're not coming actually device um uh well first uh, they sent me an email saying can you send the questions
3: in advance and i went now Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) now a player you've covered a lot of your career commentated hosted tournaments that he's won majors yeah. the whole thing so, yeah. so uh,
0: mm-hmm. I, I i sent them back and i said uh, <laughs> i've never done that and i'm not going to do that now but don't worry it's gonna it won't be crazy oh. then they sent me another email back going <sighs> oh bloody hell we so wanted to do this but device just as he's forgotten about it <laughs> and um he's in oh. training right now so they threw the player under the bus and i i know He didn't forget and was going to do it. And basically, I sent them an email back going, this is pretty unprofessional, isn't it? And they went, well, we've never been spoken to like this. We've never been insulted like this. We'll never work with you again as if I was the outrageous one. And so (laughs) that right there is the fucking uh, riot method in a nutshell. That's what they do. That's what all these companies do. They make it seem like you're the
3: one that's, oh, of course, the piece of shit. But, but the moment they want something, the moment they want something, they'll call you. The moment they want press on something, I hate it. I hate and it. I'm very, I'm very outspoken about PR people generally on Twitter. I got an email today saying that I was back in the Sizon database, the giant like a uh, press relations PR thing. Uh, literally, I'm going to respond after the show and be like, please fucking remove me. Because it's like it's awful. Like and it's, you, and you it's come to them the... with the angle you want to talk about push pull, right? Like you cover the 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 embargoed seed fundraising round thing they want you to cover, and then you have the one thing that you need the actual question, the hard hitting question on, and you get fucking ignored and gaslit, and it's annoying because it's not a push pull. It's a they want everything and you get nothing, and it's so frustrating. And games PR, that's it in a nutshell. That's it in a nutshell. It is incredibly so frustrating, even people with people that up. aren't like that.
0: Like uh, and, and they're like, do you, do you wanna, Oh, we we've heard this and and you go, Okay, what what's the story? And it's like you're never gonna believe it. And they set it up and it's either it goes one of two ways. It's either something amazing about their company that's not amazing and has already been disseminated in a press release to everyone else, and you're getting it like four hours before the fucking intern at some other dog shit website can put it out, or it's about a competitor and they're just gonna Tell you some outrageous, right. outlandish story right. about a, a business rival. And you've got one source on it. And they go,
1: please rush it out. <laughs> By the way, another thing yeah, to say right. about Riot, if we're talking about interfacing with the press, they have categorically, provably established a track record of being entirely untrustworthy with how they deal with press on stories. Mm-hmm. They are notorious for all the tricks of the trade. Oh, do, we'll give you a response tomorrow, and then basically go to their people, leak it now, get it out tonight. They'll just do that shit all
3: Activision, day long. Activision Blizzard's that. done that with me too. It's not no they're, they're not they're They're not alone. I had...
0: And, and, I think Activision my, Blizzard was from Riot, probably. actually.
3: I agree, I agree. My, my girlfriend's probably in a work call right now, but I could have her. She was in the car with me when this happened. I had a senior-level executive in on the communication side of Activision Blizzard all those years ago, right before uh, the year before Overwatch League, and I called and I had the story, the first few franchises in the Overwatch League, who they were owned by, you know, Kraft, Will uh, Wilpon, etc., right? The whole lot, the, I think there were four or five of them, and and I got a call back and it was like, can you wait until like 4 12 p.m. or whatever? And I was like, this is a very oddly specific time. Why is this a very oddly specific time? We didn't wait till 4 12 p.m. We got the story out on our own terms. And then I get a message from another journalist saying, "Uh, yeah, by the way, like this just showed up like 15 minutes before you posted it in my inbox. And I was just like, you motherfuckers. It wasn't the fact that it was leaking. It was the fact it was leaking to me. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, so,
2: it's so ridiculous, too, because they're so there. By the way, if people don't know how this is supposed to work, is that here is how normal companies operate. Journalist comes and says, look, guys, I've got this information. And the company goes, you got us. So let's work together on how this is going to go out. Right. So at least the company has some sort of ability to submit a comment or, you know, shape the narrative in some form or say like, okay, we'll do the announcement after you or whatever. Because if you don't do that, then the journalists are going to scoop you and not include you in this for the rest of time. Like you burn that bridge and it's just fucking over. So most smart companies will not engage in those tactics because here's the thing about reporters you don't know what they're going to find. So you kind of want to be on their good side in case they find something you really don't want out there. So at least you can have some level of say and partnership in how that goes out.
0: Yeah. That's right. And That's in right. If, if... the norm has to be, by the way, um, I, I very quickly set myself a rule and not doing it every time. Uh, I, I, the rule was, if you burn me once, I right, business twice. Now,
3: I'm never asking you for comment again.
0: Stop well, and it up. used to
3: be even it used to be Stop even worse up. particularly yeah. in the esports team side of things because they used to literally like on the roster announcement for example right back when Richard and I were scooping these 2014 2015 right like it, you, they used to literally sell their roster announcements as a piece of content yeah, if you guys remember yeah. Yeah. if you guys remember for That's example true. Blitz Esports the website great made some really great content before that they were an yeah. app instant esports app and i think C9 and lick, maybe liquid. There were like one or two th- or three LCS teams that partnered with that app, and it was they get the roster moves before you know before anyone else. They get the official thing in their app, and they're a new site, riot funded, by the way, or yes. um, partly riot funded. And yeah. and this was supposed to be the thing, and literally, literally, it was like you hurt our livelihoods as a business. You know, you took away from our bottom line by breaking the scoop, which is not true because. Richard and I would report it and three days later they come out with their official announcement. And as many people would read the official yeah, announcement of as they would read the, Same the original report. Didn't
0: <laughs> <impact them laughs> actually, if anything, by being the harbinger of the move, we would generate more fucking hype for I, the move. Yeah, that's
3: true. That's
0: true. Also a, even on it well, a last minute opportunity, if the move's terrible and your fans don't like it, you can have a Brexit.
1: <laughs> also, by the way, since you've actually brought it up, that's another thing to mention about Riot's history with the press. They literally were part of the initial funding for Blitz, which at the time was presenting itself as like, we're going to do high quality interviews, and we're going to, like, for example, they were literally interviewing Monty about a fucking direct competitor of Riot, and Riot themselves, while not having a disclaimer saying, by the way, Riot actually fund this fucking whole thing. Now, in that scenario, that means they directly wanted some level of control or potential influence over people in their space, and here's the punchline. When I outed that this was the case, the cocksuckers behind Blitz had the Goal to actually no joke do a tweet like we would like to thank Thorin for mentioning. Yeah, this. That. In fact, is a, we we were entirely wrong. Like give me a break. Like thanks for exposing us. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, we have reminded us that we were partially funded by that I like, guess all you did uh... did you did you have a bit of amnesia on that one but what it suggests by the way is another thing about Riot's approach which is there's always this sinister control element underneath that's never explicitly said by the way remember back when Richard first got banned on Reddit everyone said it was a conspiracy theory oh, I stretched that whole story with the t hat so far what Riot's really involved with Reddit but they have anti-riot stories by the way you know nothing about the concept of fucking media if you believe that there's no scenario where you would do what's called a limited hangout and release part of a story yourself that you cannot suppress in order to make people think that is the only part of the story, and in doing so, show that some of it gets out, but explicitly they do not see other parts of it. God, I can't imagine what could be... Crazy written how they chose all year. the same
0: mods yeah. to be the mods of every subreddit
1: of The smoking gun is this they could maybe have claimed look league of legends came out so long ago and reddit wasn't the bigger thing back then and it grew over time the problem is this the smoking gun is they gave the same mods the tft sub and the valorant sub so that shows that a minimum they tacitly agree with the approach that these mods have because they used to try and claim themselves publicly you know we don't control the reddit moderators they can do what they want like no you went out of your way to essentially like gift them to be your fucking godfather to your next child and that's also Look, this
2: is this is my tinfoil hat theory, but given the amount of corporate fuckery, it would not actually shock me if some of the mods were actual Riot employees. Like, well, they
0: did have a a mod who was an employee who then d- left.
3: But does it even matter if they're employees? If you're, if you I even if, care yeah. about that anymore, yeah. like, <laughs> no, it, I, I don't care. <laughs> but it, it doesn't. To, to Duncan's point, it doesn't matter if if you regi- you know, if you know you have TFT coming out in two years, and you register our TFT on Reddit, right? Make it a private subreddit, and then you know, a month or two weeks before TFT comes out, you go to the same mods and you go, "Here's the keys, run the ship," right? To to Duncan's point, right? Does it even matter if they're employees? Doesn't, yeah, it it doesn't, be it doesn't the same Almost. It does. It? Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if they're employees. Yes. It just matters you're you're giving them the same level of power, and you're you know you're kind of like inadvertently approving of the way that they've handled the past. At, at
0: the end of the day, those moderates on that subreddit are so over invested in a fucking video game. It doesn't even matter whether they're on the fucking payroll or not. They'll do whatever a riot fucking employee bids them to do. Worst example was that guy fucking Triggs who was like the security dude, and I think he was a mod over there for a bit, and then he left, and now God knows what he's doing. This guy, I guarantee, by the way, please watch this video, just for you, Triggs, because I know you're always with watching this stuff. Please sue me if this is wrong. I know you violated my data protection. I know you did. Just come at me if that's wrong, right? And let's all do discovery. You're, you're a fucking piece of shit what you did. He went out and basically was going publicly, going, Richard Lewis is threatening the dogs, people! He's done this, he's done that! He was literally, as a Reddit mod, and a Riot employee tweeting, uh, uh, posting stuff like that on Reddit. It's unreal, I've kept it all. It's all archived, it's all backed up. It's a fucking slam dunk. That guy was was basically, I think one of the main reasons why I thought it mattered so much, because I couldn't quite understand why a Riot... Operator, someone who was that juiced in the security aspect of it, works in security in general in his career, was a moderator of, of the subreddit. It, it's that that really felt bad to because,
3: me because, and here's the other problem that with just journalism in the industry, and I think this applies to this concept too. It's the same thing as Reddit, it's an audition for another job. You know how many yeah, people I yeah, see yeah. come and they do journalist, yeah, or journalism, dad, or they, do, they the do, player, that guy. I didn't even know this because I, I just don't like I pay attention to Overwatch at the business level, but I'm not like super into Overwatch, right? Like, anymore as a as a beat reporter. You know, I work with Liz Richardson, one of the best at that, covering that game kind of day to day, right? I, I don't need to do that. I don't need to be in the weeds on that game. I, I saw the other day uh, Deer uh who did translation for Travis not a few years ago, right? And yeah. she is now working at the Dallas Field. And she, was, and she was, and she was supposed to be like in, inco- but th- that's the thing. Like there was another, another journal. I'm not throwing shade at these people. I'm just pointing out. There's another guy that I met early in his journalism career. He's now social media manager for the Ford of mayhem. It's because journalism and Reddit by the, by that proxy, the Reddit moderation, it is a audition for another job. And that's the, like, I understand journalism is not a very good livelihood for a lot of people, but that's also part of the reason that you see some of the bending because people want to be able to get other, uh, Want to be able to get other dicks?
0: Journalist was it IGN that gave like the fucking game an outrageous review? It was
1: was Leah B. Jackson who later worked for Riot Games, and when she did like a re-review of League of Legends, I think it was like a couple of years, maybe like it was. I'm gonna say like 2013 or something, maybe. When she re-reviewed it for IGN, which at the time was considered a respected gaming site, good joke, eh? It was through the Looking Glass back then. She gave it 9.2 out of 10 score of all video games ever played in it. so, essentially, she sort of saw League of Legends as sort of, you know, like a Casablanca or Citizen Kane of the video game genre.
0: Which I don't even know if that's true now. It could never have been true back then. Oh, yeah, come on It no. could never have been oh. true back then. And she's employed by the company, so great. I mean, it's just nothing to say here. <laughs>
3: same level of corruption just exists generally yeah, like the I have Yeah, and that's I, what I mean.
0: You, do you want to know life, what's changed about life. me? Yeah. That's what's changed about me, Jacob. In 2014, 2015, 2016, I was like fighting because I wanted these spots to be different. But it isn't different It's, it's not. the same. It's the mainstream. I,
3: I, oh I hear God. shit like that, and I think about like there's this all all this coverage right now around Purdue Pharma and OxyContin and the opioid, opioid crisis in in the U.S. and how terrible it was. And it's like the guy that at the FDA that approved OxyContin for market ended up working for Purdue Pharma less awesome. than a year later, making yes. six fi- like high yes. six figures. And it's just like, oh, okay, so he was it, it, a government employee that regulate and then and then goes and works for the same company that he approved a incredibly harmful drug. It's the same shit. It's the same. It stuff.
0: was it was why I wanted us all plant our flags early so when these companies came and i knew in 2004 they were going to come right i wanted us to just put that and say you can't get in we run this and it will be different but it won't be different we let them in i even think maybe probably i think i might have let some of them in <laughs> i got lost in it you know Esports has utterly failed, and everything we will talk about on the Four Horsemen is just a manifestation of that failure. Travis Gafford, Riot Games—it's all bullshit, man. And I mean, I it's mean, the more fact that we have to... the Four Horsemen coming up.
2: exactly that's what i was gonna say i mean (laughs) here's the thing about this show is it's like uh, we all wish this show wasn't necessary especially at the frequency with it it, that it is in fact we can't even schedule this show fast enough that's why we're talking about this weeks later well you know we 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 have other things that we do and you know we haven't even talked about like the Adderall issue that was brought up in COD, which is incredibly important to talk about. I mean, there's always stuff that's going on. Sometimes we just can't even get to it fast enough. Um right. and uh, it's it's depressing. Like you you don't see this level of scandal in or or incestuousness no, yeah, ask Everyone here that or
0: Christopher, stop me you, Christopher. Yep. It, it it's failed, mate. It, it, it's seriously, you can't be happy with where esports is right now.
3: I'm not. No, it
0: makes, it makes me, it makes me, it makes me sad. Your, yeah, it does. It legitimately does, bro. I, I cause it,
3: I'm not, I'm not so, I think there are a lot of issues, but I'm still really motivated to do my best in covering them. Right. Like showing them to the public. Right. Like I really like what I do. And for that reason, you know, like I am like, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily do opinions. Enough. I do investigative work and like that, there's a, always something to cover, right? There's always something to deal with. Um, cause, and I just feel like naturally quite called to do this. You know, like if Richard mentioned him earlier in the show, but like I've had a lot of people ask me, like, are you going to be William Turton? You're just going to piece the fuck out of the industry and go cover something else, you know, like tech culture or politics or whatever else. No, I'm not because I actually feel quite called to to cover this industry and all of its bullshit, right? Like all the all the terrible shit that happens all the time. Somebody's got to do it. But like, yeah, I mean, it's disappointing because like, it's there. Are, there are moments of flash brilliance where you're like, "Damn, this industry is like actually like going the same place or you know going somewhere. Things are improving, and it's like one step forward, two steps backwards. And and this whole like press thing, the whole reason we're talking about or uh, doing the show in the first place, is just like, God damn it, like why are, why are we taking the two steps backward? Things were getting better at one point in time, you know, like and and now they're just continuing to get worse.
2: Well, I think it's true. It's it's also that. <sighs> I mean, the level there there isn't any accountability for these monolithic corporations that are are making the decisions about how to approach the press, and and the press is compliant as we've been talking about with these decisions, right. and it, it's also, I think one of the most disappointing things is that I'm not going to argue that, you know, especially me and and Richard and and Thorin, sometimes we phrase things. Intentionally, as as part of as part of a character, as part of our online persona, or as part of our genuine personality, um, that riles people up, and so. But they the viewpoint that people have is that the way it is said is worse than the the actual claim of what is being made, which is what what has been brought up earlier. And what's so depressing about that is that it leads to a non-accountability of these companies that are behaving incredibly badly. And then also you have these people who work for these companies who go into what is effectively a psychological self-defense, self-preservation mode, where they cannot see or refuse to believe what these companies,
1: the company they work for is doing, is doing. Basically, think about this. It's like when everyone knows this is a classic thing that happens on Twitter all the time with every possible demographic. Say, an example would be a woman was frustrated and she just tweeted like, oh, men are all trash. Obviously, her entire replies would be like a million men going, but I'm not like, what the fuck? Like, what, they're not all men like, right basically, it's the same scenario, Monty. What happens
0: Actually, is there
1: might men. be like four cool people at Riot as an exaggeration and they maybe <laughs> hang around with the ones <laughs> That are less corrupt. So when you say like, "Oh, riot, corrupt," they go, well, "I'm not. We're not like that." And then they they can they can never grasp the totality. I've noticed. Like, basically, oh, it's, it's, it's like they're, they're on some like biblical fucking like Old Testament God. As long as well, you got like uh, nine righteous men in riot, that it can survive or some shit. It's, it has it's, to be the round guys. It has to be only nine cons. There we was well, also the company going
3: it's like a zero. sum. everybody's plays a zero sum game. And I don't like it to both of the points you just made you about companies and and Christopher, you about people, right? Like, I agree, agree with everything all three of you guys do. But like, when you say something that I think is correct, you know good for the industry it's a it's an interesting topic to discuss it needs to be talked about i can go like yeah that person said something it, it it's worthwhile right like signal boost it whatever share it talk about it privately yada 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 right like you don't have to be like just because they said the one thing i disagree with everything they say is dog shit vice versa you can have people you can have people that you really admire that like oh they say all the great things doesn't mean you have to agree with them all the time they do say or do some stupid shit and and the same can be said for companies, right? Like some companies can do some good. Sometimes they can do some bad and you just have to hold them accountable and be in the center. It's not zero sum. And like, that's, that's part of the problem.
2: Yeah. And I just, I look at, I look at the way that some of the employees of these companies react towards this bad news as if it's some sort of personal attack. But at the end of the day, you're, you're working for companies that, you know, do suppress information that do engage in anti-journalistic practices like we're seeing that do go on the attack uh behind the scenes very unfairly and also over stupid bullshit by the way like we're t- you know going back to the Rocks Tigers thing we're talking about a, a leak of a roster breaking yeah. up it's not like Jeez. a crime I- it's not a felony that you need to cover up oh. for the safety from the police of your executives right and so the the level of of
3: vengeance that exists it right Is just extraordinary well it's extraordinary I, we, haven't, we haven't even talked about neom uh and that whole fucking debacle <laughs> i so so after the whole neon thing blew up I, I did a bunch of reporting on this right so they did the deal with the lec yeah. they didn't tell their team owners right until literally the day it was announced like an hour before it was announced and the team owners had no say and like oh maybe it's not great that you partner with an authoritarian government that likes to kill gay people Thing to do right like the fuck right like do some heat check here um and i like i reported on that and then there was this like big riot unplug. they're like they're you know regular meetings where they like you know they send the big executive in this case it was nicole laurent uh you know you send the big executive in front of the whole entire staff and you let them do their thing and because it was in the middle of work from home last summer i had a riot employee hot mic for me I've reported on this, literally got on the work call, called me, put the work call on speaker, and let me listen and record the entire time. I recorded the entire fucking thing, and I reported on it, and And I immediately heard feedback. How dare you, Jacob, leak our internal comms? How fucking dare you? Like, we are not, like, mm. super angry, and it's like, wait, you're not angry at yourself for doing this, like, really indignant, shitty, like, thing that's immoral and that people are really angry with you. You're mad at me for reporting what you know, the steps you're taking internally so it doesn't happen again. That was my story, was like they were setting up this council to like better vet their sponsorships, et cetera. Right? Have more people in the in the rule. Um it's just bullshit. It's just bullshit. Like, you know, I wasn't I wasn't the one that that I didn't think it's positive wrong. press for them after what happened. That's right. They're making changes. They're making changes to not have it, have it happen again. And they were mad. And I didn't do anything wrong. Right? Like, and, and it's just like they were super internally. They like sent out these really nasty emails that they were going to find the person that leaked to me or whatever. And it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? It's a positive story. Like, do you like how it got out? No. But is it a positive story? Yeah, it is. Like <laughs> also
2: all roster moves are positive stories, by the way. Yes. All of them are. Yes. They, you want, and this is why you also want publicly available salary information is because it keeps things moving in the off season and eyes on your game. So you, sh- as a league, you actually want these stories. You want them. They're good for you.
3: They might be bad for the teams, but they're good objectively for the product. Yeah. I will say on the roster move front, they've gotten a lot better. Riot, in both free agency shows that I've done the past two years have been fairly supportive with like assets, right. Sending over player headshots, which are their copyrighted material, um, sending over some of their, like some of the asset packs and stuff that they've done for use in those shows. Right. Like they've gotten a little bit more on board with the whole, the whole roster change thing, but we're still at a point where some of these other stories region locking, you know, like, uh, voting away or whatever, talking about Academy, whatever the, the hell the Travis thing was, Neom, etc. Like there's still like big outrage around this, and it's ridiculous. You know, like we we need to evolve past like roster change stories are all a okay now. Now we need to evolve past to the other stuff and be okay with the other stuff. It's part of like this is the one thing about uh, traditional sports. It's a part of the zeitgeist. Traditional sports people. I know people that work in the NBA. I know people that work in the NFL. When a big story comes out about them, they're like, "Fuck, I wish that wasn't out." But they aren't like, "Let's go burn the journalist that did it." That's that's the step they don't do. So, and that and that's that's the part about out. There, there's one
1: thing you've just brought up there that we should actually mention because yeah, this was like a quite definitely. recent story, actually, which is when you said there about how they're, <laughs> they're great with assets, you know, headshots and stuff. Oh, I was just going to bring they this up. They had a Flickr account, which by the way was brilliant. It was one of the oh, best. God, Jeez, I always Jeez, used I, to give them credit I'm for it in Riot. They, for years, since literally I think the end of season three, so the first season of LCS, they had a Flickr account that you could go to and you could find albums of every LCS and a LCS season. They were all high quality images. By the way, amazing stuff, because if you're working just on a website and you don't have, like, people on the ground, you, you don't want to have to use someone else's image or you don't want to have, like, a dispute over who owns it. So when the game dev gives you those, perfect. That was one thing I thought they did a great job with. Used many of them for my own articles, like, you know, yep. historical pieces. Recently, there was a story, I think it came out through Ashley Kang, where basically they're now basically, like, they've sort of, like, sold the rights to those photos to some that other as- company. At, yeah, yeah, and as- that bits- media. Basically, it's like one of the like ones that you I think mean, they go through with sports or whatever, and then they're now charging, but they're charging as if you are like a hooked in like media company in like the NFL or something. Right. So, like, I saw People one stat, certainly yeah.
0: did tweet about the story that impacted on her personally. Yeah,
1: I saw there was basically a screenshot where I'd have to go off the top of my head with the figures, but I believe like 10 photos, you know, they do your discount, it only cost you $450. Like, we're well, the- talking about like a price range that's way outside yeah. the bounds of any,
3: you know, kind of amateur. Like a person in league of legends well that that's the that's another like that's another we are sports we can do things the sports way because actually just to correct you there a little bit SPAP media the company they sold those rights to they're only esports it's literally all they do okay Right. They are an eSports specific company. and they actually kind of made their feet at the very beginning of it because I've dealt with them for years. So talk to these guys, I actually think they're pretty well-intentioned people, but I think it was a bad read on by Riot and by them on terms of the the like you know the eSports community, where media is, what types of money it makes. Uh, they, are, they started because they would pay photographers actually fairly good rates to go to undercovered events, like events that don't get photographers like Riot Events, take those photos, and then they'd give them to the media for free. They did that for basically the first two and a half years, three years of their company. They were incredibly useful because we would uh-huh. want to cover an event that nobody could go to remotely or whatever, right? Like write about results or whatever, do a recap or whatever at ESPN, and they would provide us the photos because they had a photographer on ground and they paid them fair rates. It was great for the photographers. No one's arguing that you should take away a photographer's livelihood. What the problem is is that both Riot and ESPAT made the conclusion that they can be like traditional sports and that companies have hand over foot the ability to pay for this. And that's just not true. Even we're talking earlier, even the successful companies from a revenue perspective, Dixerto and Dot, I don't think they would pay for that. I think we would rather just send a photographer to the LCS every other week or every three weeks or whatever, take our own photos. And that would be cheaper in the long run. Just have a library of
0: photos. I have someone draw a fucking cartoon.
2: It would actually, it would actually be much cheaper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no joke and, and funnier, but, but but also like I you know it doesn't make
0: terrible it, it doesn't
2: yeah it doesn't make any sense either because we have to look at the conditions of some of these esports tournaments right now and while LEC viewership is on the rise, LCS viewership is is not doing as well as it used to. That's just objectively true, and so. It shows the audience is smaller. So charging what you need right now is more articles, more marketing that you're that's free. It's free to have people that's write right. like journalism websites, write this on and write up everything, and put the photos in and make the content more dynamic. And so to charge for it right now just disincentivizes the entire media sphere surrounding LCS and other League of Legends products and it's pointless. Like what what what's baffling to me is like this is the the core problem with developer run esports is they need to decide whether this is a marketing exercise for the game or whether it is a business that needs to make money in and of itself as an entertainment product. And as long as that conflict exists and as long as the developers are involved you can't resolve it because in theory if it's a marketing exercise they should be giving this away for free like it was. What you're seeing is Riot is changing their policy from marketing exercise to independent business because they franchised and now they have partners that expect revenue and the partner teams do not get revenue from the game. So they have to figure out a whole issue,
3: whole issue within itself, by the way, like they should be better monetizing the game. If you, if you talk to any team owner who has their hands in like all the different franchises, the ones they like the best are the ones that don't cost you 25 to $40 million franchise. Aka Overwatch, um, but the ones that are low franchise fee, high game incentive. You know, yes. all the skins. Rainbow and Six all is a really Rainbow good Six, example. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right. Uh, and being able to make money off of that while not charging you an arm and a leg to get in the first place, like get in in the your door in the first place. And I think that that is. You're right. They are trying to make it this independent business. I think it should be. That's. I think that's long term better because it means that it doesn't have to hinge on the game forever the game doesn't have to be successful for the the league to be successful and vice versa right but at the same time you gotta you got they needed and i said this to to people at right and to people at bad uh when that that photo deal came out i was like this is a bad read of where you're at in the industry because there are very few publications that can even afford to pay their writers and you can say oh well just don't have a publication great so how are people supposed to cut their teeth right at least they're paid something even if it's trash Right Like it's not free work, but like if somebody's paying I don't know twenty five cents for a uh, hundred words or twenty five cents a word, whatever the you know the really crappy rate or whatever like uh that I've some of the garbage rates I've heard in some of these smaller websites that cover league on a regular basis, like at least they're being paid something these you know these novice like kind of enthusiast writers that eventually may go on to become very good journalists um it's a bad read to go like. You know, if they can barely pay their writing staff, it's, then how are they gonna pay hundred and twenty five dollars for one photo? They're they're not. They're I mean, not these packages and-
2: too are ridiculous. It's like it's like ten thousand dollar packages for like savings. It's like which which journalism website beyond just a couple can even afford that or even wants to pay it. Like you said, it is actually cheaper at a certain point to send your own photographer a couple times a season or literally just to have illustrations made. It's cheaper to literally have somebody there- just draw the players.
3: Sure. Yeah, it it was is it a terrible read. It's one of those like we want revenue for something. There's a way to make revenue here, so we took it. And it's like, yeah, but like at the same time, you need to like look at your media landscape. Just scroll through the LCS or LEC press discords. Look at who's in there. Look at what their sites are from. Go do some background research. You know, like a lot of the sites. Once once you get out of the like upper echelon of funded sites, right? There's like there's profitable companies. Xerto. There are VC companies, Upcomer, Esports, GGE, right? All these other ones that are like basically just running on pure investment to run operations right now. And then there are the bootstrapped, don't, you know, don't have a lot of money, but have enough to kind of make it by. I'm thinking like ESTNN, Stropes, et cetera. Like these, like, and those people are are important and you're not doing a good read if you look at them, right? Like they're just, if you make deals like that, you're not thinking about them. So. I, I, I don't know the whole thing. And just, yeah, it, it, that it, it just seems like there's a very big, the whole thing from this whole show, it seems like there's a very bad disconnect from, and part of this I think is due to cover part of it. I just think is also to uh, some of the people that are being brought in some of the people that are employed at riot right now that have traditional sports backgrounds expect different um, and expect more professionalism from a much less mature industry. Um, there's a huge disconnect between media and Riot in general, um, and, I, and I don't think – I probably have more discussions with Riot on a regular basis or people that represent Riot, StoryMob, etc. about the way they treat press, but that's usually because I initiate those conversations, not because they're actively seeking the feedback. I think they do one end split survey every year, or like twice a year, every split They'll do an end to split survey about what could be better, but how much of that are they implementing and how many people are actually going to be honest too? Right? Like that's the other thing, back to the whole like they gotta appease riot. How many people are actually gonna be honest? There's not a safe way to communicate the feedback to actually stand up. Even if it's not the most controversial thing. What you know, how could we make it scheduling of interviews better? They're really minor things that make things better for the journalist, right? Like and they're not actively seeking that feedback. They should be.
2: It's rough times, and it's it's even worse because they've got the biggest game, right? And so, it, it really this is back to Richard's point. It really doesn't give me a lot of hope because you know if this is what's happening, if if the top eSport is is having to go to these lengths in order to try and monetize, which uh, you know are clearly you know not great, um, and I, I don't think feasible. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are making a bunch of money from it, but that seems to be unlikely from what I know of the space. Uh, you know, this is why we were so kind of glum about the state of esports in general is like it's it, it feels it feels really desperate right now across a lot of fronts, especially on the money fronts. Um, and I, I don't know what's going to turn that around, but, you know, that's I think that's a lot of the reason why we see such bizarre practices, not only by Riot, but by other companies as well. When it comes to the press is that there's a lot of stuff people just don't want to talk about because facing the reality of what's going on is grim it's it's quite grim
0: i think i think the worst part is uh when when you think about all the other businesses and all the other industries that corporate corporations can exert influence over esports is the one they will win in and they will have complete dominion over uh, because of the ip <laughs> no over everything they want not just the IP.
2: <laughs> no, I'm saying are, you think it's as a result of them owning the IP, the intellectual property behind the games, or do you think there are other reasons?
0: No, I...
1: I'll I, I... I just say the weakness of the character of the people in the industry. I mean, I'll give you an obvious example. Here's one yeah. from our world, Monty, League of Legends. Last year, everyone, at the same time, as professionally and personally on their Twitter timeline, they are melting down about other situations in the world. Everyone sat back and said, you know what? oh China I have no opinions on China let me watch the world championship be held as a land in China and I'm just going to sit back in fact you know what I'm not just going to sit back I'm going to praise them I'm going to talk about how their method of controlling all of this was better than everyone else's and how they actually were basically in some ways wouldn't it be great if we could all be sort of totalitarian regimes (laughs) and wouldn't that make the world easier everyone was just fucking loving this shit I saw so few critical voices on this topic it made me realise the whole industry is rotten to the fucking core didn't I tell you as well though even people in esports who don't directly have a chinese fucking finger on their neck still were like doesn't help to rock the boat does it and they just fucking
3: said they don't they don't care they don't care right like i like anytime anything monumental new york times uh you know last week tonight comes out about like uyghurs or hong kong like i'm the first person to fucking retweet that shit right like because like i have some principles i care about the world around me other than like you know, and I'm not just hyping myself up, but it's sad to not see more people doing that, right? Like, just, like, pay attention. You know, like, you can be happy the world... Again, separating yourself from the game. You can be happy the world championship is, hap- is happening, that, you know, there's an LAN event, that it's really cool that it's going on, but simultaneously not be a sycophant and be like, well, shit, it's actually really terrible how Riot... or how China has handled coronavirus and, you know, locking things down in the way that they treat their people. Yeah, it's fucking appalling, you can have both things at once you can have both opinions at once and that's okay you don't have to like it's not zero sum you don't have to go either way you know like jesus like i got i got i got a random you know fucking
0: message out the blue from one of my old fucking uh contacts from back in the day and they basically said that like uh oh yeah just so you know uh, Whenever Worlds or MSI or anything like that's held in China, if you're a non-Chinese team, every computer you fucking play on is recording all the data and it is given over to the Chinese teams. It's like, you know, all all your demos are recorded, all of that stuff. I I mean, I don't know if if it's true or not. I don't know if I can get that story over the line. Jesus.
3: Yeah, but I don't know if it's given to the teams. I can say with probably full assurance, anything you do in that country is given to the government. There's a there's literally literally a law about that, right? There was a whole debacle about Apple and iCloud and how data was stored that had to be had to be stored. It had to be if you were a Chinese citizen, they used iCloud, it had to be stored on a government server.
0: Specific about it pertaining to like your practice. Interesting out there. Maybe that's something people can look into. I don't know. <laughs> no, my just problem, dropping mate. the
2: breadcrumbs for for other.
0: It uh, is not my problems. problem. Everybody has signed up to this bullshit double standards, and if you <laughs> yeah. like it, fucking live it. That's fair
1: The problem is this Richard is everyone Was fine having their little fucking Placard that they wrote what they believed In when it was a safe just opinion On a tweet and that's all you were doing is There's my tweet they wanted to do that Right but they stupidly didn't realise That's a high stakes game so then When what happens is you can't be a tourist Anymore now it's in your life Now there's a massive country That's exerting enormous influence well it's not Time to be quiet anymore you were a guy Who was bragging about you know what you believe so in that scenario i i have two perspectives on it if you never said anything to begin with just continue saying nothing you're fine you're consistent but if you were someone who was going to be out there on every big issue like lebron james you now are a bitch if you don't say anything you're necessitated to say something the idea that you can sit back and go i don't have an opinion on that well then you don't get to have an opinion on the other thing that is the way it works with having actual principles (laughs) mate
3: I I don't think I saw more than, like, maybe two or three esports outlets of all the ones. There was a story. It kind of went under the radar. I got linked it maybe the day after. Reuters reported earlier this year that uh, the U.S. government is in negotiations to figure out some sort of, like... Uh, basically, like an absolvement uh, and like a promise not to use the data, a legal, legally binding promise not to use the data. Or a, on the flip side, a divestiture if they don't want to make that promise of Tencent around Epic and Riot. There was this right. huge thing about about like there was a story, and it was, it was a Reuters original report that like either you you make some real data privacy commitments or you get rid of these companies and your stake in these two companies. And we re-reported that, but I didn't see too many esports sites talking about that. And it's just like it's like what the fuck? Like that's a big story. You can't just it, ignore man. it. Yeah, man. no one like...
0: cares about any of that stuff, Jake and They care about the fucking shooty shooty bang bang firework. Does my video game have drama? Is Keemstar coming to my video game? Did Richard Lewis block me? (laughs) Yeah, did Richard Lewis or (laughs) Thorin block me on Twitter? Like, seriously, this industry deserves to die. It (laughs) deserves to die, and everyone in it deserves to suffer. So, you know, I don't know what else to say. We've made our bed. I really hope we get to lie in it.
2: (laughs) Well... Uh what a note, I think, to end the show on, unless anybody else has pressing pressing topics to come up on a grim note. No,
0: do we do questions now? I was geared up for the questions.
2: Sure. We can do we can gear up for the questions. Uh, here's,
0: here's what you won't know, Jacob. We've invented our own cryptocurrency <laughs> called Grog Coin. Do you know about that? No. Right. There you go. We've invented our own uh, cryptocurrency called <laughs> grog coin and what if you buy grog coin what it gives you isn't grog with it's a bit misleading but it was that was we we sad. can we, we can
2: we can sell grog with it later don't worry
0: yeah yeah well actual grog can we do
1: that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll figure that out plans in mind right. <laughs> we got some okay. plans actually,
0: and the last, thing I, wanna, grog the, grog the last thing I want to do is start selling knockoff moonshine to children because it will, re- I'll really lose the moral high ground. when talking about Travis.
3: not riot, of course. What, wait, wait, no, 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 Travis. Uh, uh, Richard, what do you, what do you mean about XQC gambling to minors illegally via via VPN? Nah, fuck you, man. You're selling selling yeah. all moonshine to kids. Like no better yeah, exactly. than him. Uh, the the, the, moon,
0: the moonshine is fine. Uh, so anyway, we make our own uh, cryptocurrency in our in Thorin's shed. We That's where we make it. It's like a fight. <laughs> it's all cryptocurrency. Illegally right? <laughs> yeah. so that's why Thorin's lost all that weight, mate. He's fucking been peddling <laughs> away. And what it does is it enables you. Like Rumpelstiltskin uh, foreskin or something. <laughs> Rumpel, Rumpel foreskin, yes, your, your yes. favorite. Uh, it enables you to ask us a question about anything, I think. Uh, yep. That might include you, by the way, Jacob. Although, you And we don't pre-screen don't that. We don't pre-screen It, it could be a paid for disaster. <laughs> what yes. we
1: see the joke now is the first question should be from a Mr. T. Gafford. Like, why why can't we all just get along
0: in yeah, this T. Gafford. But Richard, did you like my Does tweet? Does anyone know <laughs> anyone else being kicked out of the house? No, did you like at least
1: that. appreciate my tweet about, you know, the gumption <laughs> of, a, of a plucky young journalist? Because that was like
0: that. Entirely accurate use of that
1: word. I did. did (laughs) It's got way too much gumption, some would say. (laughs) All
2: right. Uh, Richard seems to think CSGO as an eSport is on its last leg after almost a decade uh, run. How much longer do you all see League of Legends lasting as a significant eSports? I'm actually surprised that League of Legends still is a significant eSport. Goes to show that games as a service have really uh, changed the lifetime possibilities of of eSports overall.
1: What I would say is this right in the same way as I've I've said this many times I always use this analogy I've told Lopez Tommy who obviously works for like IGC MIBR and formerly you know was like a commentator a player and strike he's made a lot of tweets that were totally accurate about like potential corruption Elon Musk is involved in and lies about Tesla's like company like numbers that they're going to hit and where their share prices he's had so many points that were on point but his problem was this he assumed Right. Well, now that people see it's corrupt, it'll just collapse in on itself and therefore I can short it and I will be rich. And I said to him, the problem here, mate, is once you investigate the corruption in the way you have, you find out it isn't everyday nickel and dime corruption. It's corruption that is like hooked into government subsidies. That means you've got a direct pipeline from the taxpayer that can subsidize your company. You can get tax breaks at your rivals. And I said, basically, the problem you're entering here, mate, is even if it is corrupt, the people you need to come and save you in this scenario, isn't the fucking police it's like the SEC has to come down and do something about this guy with the stock price and then you need someone to come along with an antitrust fucking investigation to break his company and I said basically you've gotten to the level where he's big enough mate like he can sort of get away in this bank heist analogy well similarly right in this particular case that's one of the problems I think you have in all these scenarios in esports is like even if I want to say well look League of Legends is a game engine is actually far far behind any of its peers it's decades behind you would some would say. Even its reworks have been quite paltry compared to some of the things Daughter 2 accomplished in five, co- seven years. Yeah, a million angles. Obviously, it has massive problems in terms of even even though it's had some successes in franchising. It's, I don't, the problem is this, right? If instead I reframed the question like this, Monty, what could you accomplish as a games company that essentially can't be taken down by mass widespread sexual harassment of women, f- potentially sabotaging the cases of said women or public, also having like stories where you've basically stolen people's companies from them, allegedly. Stories where you've literally made up situations that never occurred and literally financially punished people for these things. Stories where you've played God with people's visas and you can do all of this. You've gotten away with all of that so far and here's what no one ever told you was the ace up your sleeve. Maybe someone who literally is directly hooked into the Chinese Communist Party is just directly part of your company within China. You know what? I think at that point in time, you can get away with a lot of stuff then. It's like when people do that old joke, like, how did they build the pyramids? If you have, like, unlimited slaves and zero fucking morals, you can get a lot of shit done. <laughs> so the bad news I, is probably decades, Monty. Probably keep going forever. we probably be I in am, 2050.
3: <laughs> I am not on the uh, analogy game uh, as Duncan on the same analogy level as Duncan. I will say, though, I think that it will continue for a really long time. I think that you do see a, a slight dip right now in things like LCS, but I think that because of their integrations in China is the biggest market for the entire game, right? And things like Wild Rift are going to bring more people into the game generally. But also they're playing smart in the West with their IP, right? Things like Arcane on Netflix, right? Like I always look at it this way. As the more people that get into your game, you know, your esports community is a fraction of your game audience, right? Like, you, it's, it's a very small fraction. Well, if you continue to grow the game audience, then the, the, usually the esports audience continues to grow with yes. it, right? If you're a competitive player versus player game. So when they are doing shows with Netflix, car, you know, Spotify podcasts uh comics with Marvel, right? Like all of this like IP integration that they're continuing to do with League of Legends unrelated. But the at the core, this is the opposite because Overwatch did this with a bad game. Right? They did a bunch of lore stuff with a cruddy game and no focus on sort of the development of the game long term. Right? It's on the opposite. They focused on the game for eight years or nine years, right? Before they started doing sort of the mainstream stuff. Now they have a game that is at minimum functional, right? Playable. Right? Like, it, it's not up to speed with sort of 2020 developed, 2021 developed games. But nonetheless, it is a playable game that some people like myself enjoy. You can get into it. And you can enjoy it. Nonetheless, uh, when you are sort of opening the the net on your IP, you're going to get more people in and then they're going to discover the eSport, e- whether via client or via other means, right, social media, etc. So I think, I think League survives the test of time because they've been smart with, you know, their... Embedded in in the country of China, and they are sort of widening their IP net in the west, uh, in a way that is and, very and effective. To add to that, just
0: briefly, they should learn, uh, from Activision Blizzard and give us details of Leona's toes in the same way you've done with
2: Widowmaker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those I, are the I, best toes, delicious. I, I think.
2: I think that the only thing that's gonna unseat current esports is a tech development because the thing that unseated one v one esports was a technological, like basically internet speeds becoming reliable enough to have team games where one person isn't disconnecting every game and ruining it for people, um, which is why we got five V five. And the last big tech development resulted in Battle Royale, where you could have like a hundred people in a server, but that didn't really lead to a viewable esport. So I think the only thing that is going to shift is the technological change to VR or something like that that could produce a cool esport that's my take
3: well you also you have the famous tweet christopher of overwatch leagues on an anime um and yeah. i get your i get your point about like not everything has to be an anime but in the case of riot them making literally an anime an arcane and things of the sort is going to increase their player base because again sure. like sure. unlike overwatch Wait. the game's playable so
2: yeah, I mean the thing about the thing about the Overwatch League is not anime is first off, I was just triggering the fan base for fun. Oh, I know. Uh, I know. And and, yeah. and second off, and second off, uh there's a difference between the sports product sports product uh being a, an anime, right? Or people treating real human beings who are playing like an these anime, games just. as if they are anime characters, which I just find fucked up and disturbing. Um, which is what the Overwatch Fan base does now the game
1: being an anime that themselves fine. did do that where they copied allegedly off that woman's entire life to make that like new fake seraphine character that was tweeting. Like, yes, and oh, they, God, literally, God. The, the drawings were literally this woman's like fucking like personal photos on Twitter and some riot are just like knew her or something.
3: Matt, so, not, not to, to mention their not,
0: else to, not to mention like their me?
3: not A to mention their. Not to not to mention their original lore for her was that she her mic was made from a genocide, which has a whole other issue with it. It was made from Skarner's people, like the 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 pieces. Yeah. Look, it's fiction. Skarner's That's fine. It can be. Fucked up. <laughs> it's allowed to be fucked up, Jacob. It's not real.
2: <laughs> now, whether you support yeah.
3: Seraphine as a character after
2: that is a different story. But also to Thorin's point, you know, <clears throat> whether you do or do not believe if the character was based off of this this young woman, the really messed up thing that kind of like flew under the radar on that story was that she was a an undergrad college student that was being like invited to riot by some guy who was trying to date her to like impress people. And it's like, it's like, like that was the, to me, that was the really weird part was like, so riot employees are inviting college girls to come to riot to show off and then having artists draw Pictures of the college girls in like Ari skins wait, Like, wait, wait, don't that's the like weird second. part.
1: So Riot are inviting college girls down to Riot. From... What is this? this? Is the beginning of the fucking the movie where they all get arrested? What is this? What fucking scene is this in the movie? I, all mean, the I, mean, I think there. you will just find it.
0: It's know. from the DVD. <laughs> or rather, Blu-ray, I should say now, to not look like a boomer. Uh, another day in, in Riot's offices. <laughs> but uh, but so to, me, to me,
2: to me the, fact that, the fact that this could even happen, where it's like no one thought it was weird that you're inviting an undergrad to Riot to hit on her. And part of your courting process is asking Riot artists to draw pictures of her as League of Legends characters. Like, how did how did it get that far? <laughs> <Did you> know, <laughs> how did that happen anyway.
0: <laughs> no, no, basically because no one interrupted the nonsense right riot games have always been a cult but they have presented themselves publicly as a cult they have behaved in public as a cult but because they happen to be funded by a Chinese megacorp. He
1: obviously means colloquial. They didn't really say we are a cult, <laughs> did they? Like, well, you yeah, know what you mean, though, no, Richard? They just, like... Wait. You <laughs> said that they publicly present themselves as a cult, like... No, Not no. explicitly, but <laughs> they, you know... They, they know. Have made, no, 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 no. They, they I, I, no, no, no.
0: I, I'm being explicit. Okay. Let, let, okay. Me, let, me, let me clarify. Okay. If you turn up at an event... And you're wearing all the fucking same clothes, and it's a, and it's a very specific type of clothing. And mm-hmm. you're not a recognized religion, and you have a set of commandments by which you would uh, adhere, and you uh, and you enact them at an event. You're
3: a cult. It is. It is very fraternity, uh, sorority culture masquerading in a company. Yes. First it's time bad. I ever saw right games people turn up at a. Esports event uh
0: because i knew their existence because remember i'd sat down there with d-man and joe miller when they turned up at a fucking i-series cs event wearing league of legends t-shirts because no doubt they had been induced to do so and i went that game is fucking dota for babbies it'll never succeed one time i was wrong by the way Uh, you know we can't win them all uh and, and and after that uh we went we there was an event in fucking Germany. Uh, probably a Gamescom. Oh and Cologne, think, yeah. Yeah, and, and fucking Ocelot stole a fucking Baron or something, and everyone Yeah, yeah, uh, that was Cologne. Right. So I was there and uh, we I even interviewed a few people like Crepbo. <laughs> That's aged badly, hasn't it? <laughs> and we uh we, we went and we did a thing and uh, then it was the after party, right? and we were at the after party and a bunch of weirdo freaks came in in red t-shirt i'm like elbowing and everyone and we were like what it was free drinks it was and everyone who was in a red t-shirt was like being mad aggressive like wrestling people outside and like someone tried to do it to me i was like what the fuck is this and they were like going it's our party it wasn't it was being run by obviously the tournament organizers and one of the sponsors when we get to do so we we go to the front of the queue every time and it was all riot employees in red t-shirts this is no joke by the way it's literally how they behaved every I mean, time they went the to
2: so first off there's a couple things here my experience was that even when i was doing like world championships for league of legends um they would have after parties after the world finals that i wasn't invited to because i was not a riot employee which is Incredibly weird. Never experienced that with Activision or Blizzard or any other company. It's like, no, you were part of this event. You can come to the after party. So that was strange.
1: Have you but... never seen Money? They made a movie about it. It's called Eyes Wide Shut. Have you never seen it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the other uh, thing uh, is uh, that uh, it's it's in the name. Why
2: do they call themselves Rioters? Show me another company yeah. like you don't see Googlers or Googlers. Blizzarders or Activisionists like. It's only this company that refers I to themselves, them in themselves in this
0: Sounds
1: like a Command and Conquer faction
2: or something. Yeah. That sounds awesome.
0: No, but like, so, so <laughs> let, let me also underline a mental was, because, again, it was like being in one of them moments where you don't realise <laughs> body snatches, you don't realise anything's one. So before we got to the stage where everyone was like elbow-dropping people and get out of the way of the bar so some fucking <laughs> low-level riot employee could have a fucking gin and tonic, right? Before we got to that stage, I was in the press room and we had a screen so we could watch Osolot steal a fucking Baron Nasher from where we were without having to walk out into a crowd of unwashed German people. Right? So but then what happened was for whatever reason the riot game staff didn't like us having the, the the TV. So one day I just came in as a press guy. I was like, where's the where's the fucking monitor gone? And uh, I got told by one of the higher ups at ESL because I'm friends with all the execs at ESL. They went, oh, yeah, uh, Riot Games want the quiet area away from the press. So if you do want to see any direct footage, you will have to go out into the crowd." They stuck don't get put the TV. On. Riot Dude, Games right. on the TV. They, they, their game was so important to ESL, they got to do what the fuck they want. So yes, when I say Riot Games are a cult, I, I there's no hyperbole. They present themselves as a cult. If if me, you, and Duncan, and go on, Jacob, I'll bring you along for this sick ride. If we all rock up to a place, all wearing the same clothes, same t-shirt, same colour scheme, and we, we start kicking, yeah, we, we start people around <laughs> and going, ah, you're not wearing the same clothes as We're in charge here. If we start doing that, yeah, we're we're, we're exhibiting cult cultish behaviour. <laughs> okay, I hate to break it to you all.
2: <laughs> I, I can't argue with that. All right, let's move on to the next question. Right. Uh, if a permaban system was in place, hypothetically, where players vote before attorney an X amount of champions, guns, maps to be permaban throughout the tournament, what tournament do you think would have been more interesting to you based on a historical angle and or a meta angle? That's an interesting question. So I'm generally not in favor of bans. I mean, like, I basically like it's
1: like in COD, they do like gentlemen's yeah, agreement. where it's like yeah. if you all agree, we're not going to use uh, some OP weapon. I assume, you know, then you know, Is that what you're asking? Champion, like before that, yeah, Pokemon. basic,
2: basic, basically, like which which event or game would be most benefited? I think Overwatch is Overwatch League during the Goats' meta is the obvious one of this, which was basically unwatchable. Um,
1: the other one for League has got to be the 2015 Worlds, which was the one off the top of my head, which was the juggernaut one where it just ruined the tournament because you had to do like uh-huh. three bands on i think it was red side or something like otherwise you just lost the game so there's the classic one basically any time they fuck the meta up and then it goes through a massive tournament because actually most teams probably would agree to remove yeah. the one you know like, i think it was like the gangplank or something was op then a Mordecai, like they would have just agreed to remove mordekaiser you know like no one yeah. to play that shit. you know just you had to ban it or play it you know it's a classic one i think by the way the ncs we would have had the same thing ESL1 Cologne in 2014 not only had two brand new maps that had never been used in competition, it had a randomizer, which meant that it was basically, unless both teams agreed to ban the map, you could potentially play it. Are you ready for the kicker? The team that won the tournament twice relied on getting that as the third map, randomised map, and they won 16-14 both times. So it literally changed who won the tournament. And not
0: only that, what Duncan's leaving out is it just happened to be NIP.
1: It was also the team all fans wanted to see win. Yeah, the Bista, yeah.
0: greatest team to have never won a major yes. at that point. So I mean, yeah. that would be a way
1: more infamous tournament if, like, one of the teams that people didn't want to win had won. You know, put it that way. It was like the right team once so everyone just pretended it didn't happen in CS history. It was fine. Uh,
2: here's one from. Mikachu, Mikachu, uh, one of the artists who regularly does stuff in esports, he says, as an artist, y'all have been a huge encouragement. Uh, What type of artistic content do you think the esports scene needs more of? And what would y'all enjoy to see? I think more storytelling content would be super cool. Like um, uh, just anything that, you know, represents the moment, like political cartoons or, and I know Thorin, you've started to do like satirical cartoons with the Tantalos, but like, I think that you could do something like one-panel images that are really pithy that help tell like a, a story in esports. That'd be really cool to see, to me.
1: Yeah, on some on this, Jacob, is
3: there anything you'd like to say more of in terms of art? I was like uh, kind of thinking what Christopher said because I think that just as a content issue, there's a lot of like one-off stuff from uh, esports creators, right? Like they'll do one thing and then a couple months later they'll do something else unrelated. I would like to see things that kind of carry through more regularly, right? That are in relation to each other uh, from an art perspective. So yeah, like re- repeating series or something, right? Like it's one thing that like Riot has done some of the stuff with comics, for example, with Marvel. They have the Marvel partnership, um, but I I don't. It's not been particularly regular, I don't think. So like I, I you know kind of seeing that type of like storytelling and lore. I actually kind of do like lore content. Um, but being able to kind of tell it, even if it's like fan-made. I think uh, uh, Skyen used to do a lot of this stuff. I don't think he does it nearly as much as he, as he used to, but he used to, and it was, it was kind of enjoyable. It's fun. It something different.
2: Also more sexual Anders fan fictions. I want more of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'd like to see people doing things that are going to precipitate the death of this terrible industry. Uh, so I don't know what that would entail. Oh, we need
1: to literally make a real anime about the players that would attract just the right sort of mentally ill fangirl that would just literally destroy the whole industry.
3: Well, wasn't that that was the big thing about the uh, was it last year or the year before Worlds where they had the animation with all the players and it literally was the anime with with like uh, Caps and and others, right? Like that was a huge deal, yeah. yeah. That that went over really well. <laughs> but, what, but what
0: I'm thinking is, I don't know, just Maybe a fucking anime about, like, don't get involved in esports. Uh, someone, someone messaged, <laughs> no joke, like, why you shouldn't. The horror, like, the, the horror, uh, the horror, yeah, because yeah, they did that for else, didn't they? <laughs> don't watch a fucking horror movie because it'll turn you into a Satanist, and don't go into that stranger's. Fucking car, because he's going to molest you and okay. kill you. You know, something like that. For each, so the series
1: is called esports. Not even once.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, we no and joke. Each
1: episode, we, it's a different esports character. Like, oh hey, we this is We really Lewis. need. We really know? He's, he's bright-eyed and can't wait to get into the field of journalism, which he hopes to express through the video game medium of esports. I had oh, one, look, one of those guys he here
0: to the I had one of those guys <laughs> here today. He sent me a message. He sent me an email. And he said, I I love you, love your work. And uh, I just wondered if there was any advice uh, for an aspiring gentleman, you know, the one you get in, you know, three times a week. And I just, it's the only time I I usually don't reply to them anymore. It's all a waste of time. But I replied to this one. I said, Listen, mate, no joke. And I sent him a really long, detailed reply, but basically it was, Don't. Don't. If you're vaguely (laughs) talented, don't, please don't no. come please don't, don't come here <laughs> go and lead a fulfilling life away from an industry ruled by morons and scum please like have have a have a nice life so but 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 I, I don't know, he's probably not gonna listen, is he? And he's probably gonna think he could be an esports journalist.
1: We already got a fucking twenty K year salary from Upcoming. just a
0: three million yeah. That's fucking good. that's go, good. Whatever.
3: You've there been sat on that whatever. one, mate. Fair whatever Fair <laughs> Fair hired hired, uh, to, hired tomorrow.
2: <laughs> okay, so what is the best film or TV adaptation of a book you have read? Any, anyone, Anything
1: coming to mind for people? Here's the thing, Jacob. We obviously do like question like these all the time. So if you have like a good one, Mitch, jump in. Do you have yeah, any I'm... that you would come up with? I'm, I'm thinking. And, yeah, and was it that it can be one that hasn't been made yet? Is that the premise, Monty?
3: Uh, what is it? No, you have to have seen it. Yeah, it has it. to be the best one. Oh, which seen. was the, the best, best
1: adaptation, right? Basically, okay.
3: Holy shit. I mean, there are so many things that fall into that. So I've said it before, while you guys think about it,
2: Lord of the Rings is a terrible book, but it actually made some pretty entertaining movies. I will also say, here's here's a niche a niche opinion, Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas is oh, a, a good, good book, yeah. but it, it was actually a better movie than it was a book. I read the book, but it was a very good movie. I thought so.
3: I mean, catch me if you can. It's technically based off of the book. I haven't read I'd... the book, but sure.
0: Yeah, it's a great read, movie. Read the book. And both,
3: <laughs> both, good. Both good.
0: Duncan <laughs> is—he so desperate to go. David Lynch's June. <laughs> he loves that, but he didn't. Where? For years, the quiz that's had a rack. Uh, no, I'll I'll throw in a curveball. Uh, I'm guessing we've all seen an adaptation with Nick uh, yes. Nicholas Cage, Charlie Kaufman. So that's yep. actually based on a real book. I didn't even know that. Really, I didn't know when that I was either. watching. Honestly,
1: the, the main point of the film is what happens in the film. He really yeah. just couldn't figure out how to write this fucking screenplay, so he did start thinking, "What if I wrote a movie about me struggling?" Right. Basically, it is like a recursive theme in the movie. And
0: so there, there is a there is a book that you would never read in your life called. The the Orchid Thief. Um, oh,
1: I knew this.
2: I knew this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And
0: it's it's from the late nineties, and uh, it, it's like a sort of weird romantic. Ooh, he's stealing flowers, but he's really stealing my flower. One of them, you know, for housewives kind of book. So I'd never fucking read it in a million years, but. The way what Calvin does is he takes a very ordinary book, adapts the book, and then adapts the adaptation to a movie to talk about the adaptation of the book. The whole thing you have to do you have to watch adaptation to really appreciate it. But the fact that he takes a book that is throwaway dime store trash and turns it into a, a really slept on movie, I, I'm I'm gonna be a hipster asshole and say that. I mean so Charlie
3: Kaufman I, is also one of the best writers in, in film so I am helps. I'm su- I'm super into like mini-series. These especially during COVID, they're like just things I binge because five episodes or whatever, six episodes that you can get through fairly quickly. Um ones that there was one that came out before COVID and one that came out during COVID that I think were really good. So Patrick Melrose, the Benedict cumberbatch Showtime series is Really fucking great. The books are solid too, right? Like they're really lengthy if you read all of them. Um, and they tried to dumb down all the books into one series, which was hard. But I think they did a fairly good job. And then I know this much is true: HBO Max Mark Mark Ruffalo series. Um, mm-hmm. he plays he plays both brothers. There's one with mental illness, and and then the other brother is trying to support him. Um, that one's also really good. He's both characters because they're twins. So, uh, yeah, cool. both both well done. I Love
0: that last series of Game of Thrones. House Church. <laughs> oh, right. so, 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 Richard, this this blends yeah, in, this d-
2: blends in d- directly to the next question with Dexter coming back to amend the crap uh, ending of the no. TV show. What, what would
1: you like to come back to amend their shitty ending? Which is way, definitely... I didn't give my answer. So I would say for oh, my answer for the best adaptation, I actually did a whole video on this on my side channel. I think the flaw mm-hmm. with adaptations is this. They're usually just a worse version of the source material because they don't have as much time and they have to make the story simple and they can't show people's POVs in the same way as you can in a novel. So basically, I, I actually think the best adaptations are ones that don't make an attempt to translate directly. They do what you do when Nick, you translate from another language. Great There's one of them. It's That's the title yeah. of the video. Um, about uh, well, adaptation Naked Lunch is one another great example would be Inherent Vice. basically, if you've uh, ever read a Thomas Pynchon novel, you can't make a movie out of those. So instead of doing that, they make sort of the vibe of the movie like a Thomas Pynchon novel. Wolf, so Wolf, I like that
3: Wolf, of, Wolf of Wall Street's in that same cut, too. It's, yeah, uh, it's yeah, a true. biography, autobiography by Jordan Jordan Belfort. And the movie is a very loose adaptation nice. with the same premise. Also, quite good. I think that's why people really like the movie. Probably not, never read the book, but yeah, the book is quite literal. The movie is not so, yeah. Yeah. I, mean,
0: I apologize, Duncan. I stole your thunder twice on a couple of points there, because it turns out what everyone says about us being one mind is actually true, evidently. So. Sorry about you that. You also man. preempted
2: the, the uh, uh, shitty ending remaking question. Which but what is was the Game premise of for that?
1: that we, we can just pick a series to remake the ending or something?
2: Yes, exactly. With Dexter coming back to remake the ending, which series would you like to see the ending remade? Which is Game of Thrones, I think. That's Probably the most popular room.
1: answer. Hmm. What's funny about Game of Thrones, by the way, as an aside, is this. I totally understand it. Th- I think it's entirely logical how that came to be. First of all, if you know the story, that the writers had already essentially signed on to go and do those Star Wars movies that they're now never yep. going to get to make. So they were sort of like, let's rush this out the door. That's why they made less episodes, but they were like slightly longer. And then secondly, if you remember, if you ever actually read what they claimed happened, it wasn't, this is a total misnomer. It is not that George R.R. R. Martin told them, here's what happens. He told them supposedly something like, three details so if you really think spoiler that those details were just like by the way in the end you know Daenerys sort of goes a bit mad as a tyrant uh, this character dies and then this person becomes the king if you just talk people those three facts and the people aren't very good writers they could easily reverse engineer a million things that never happened in the book and had nothing to do with the ending so to me I never took it as that big a deal like, I assume the book will be completely different in terms of this sure. one it's hard because I have to say it I, I, I'm not that huge a TV fan, so I don't really have that many series that I thought were like awesome and then just ended really badly. Like, for example, when everyone complains about Dexter, I don't know how y'all were still watching. I, I know, I, w- I watched I, <laughs> I I watch it all the way man, through. I no, the same where a woman <laughs> went to my television and went... Gee willikers, fucking Dexter. I am from the UK. And I was like, I'm like, that's the end of the show. <laughs> I watch other shows now. So, Americans, you will never, ever condescend to me that a, someone who can't do a British accent and does a Dick Van Dyke is doing a British accent. That's the end of all your shows. Close it down. <laughs> It's over. <laughs> Some of the last seasons of that one. I, 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 mean, I, do, but, I, I quit
2: I quit in the second season because it was already so stupid. It's just like House of Cards. As soon as like the second episode, as soon as he like pushed that woman in front of the subway, I was like, This is stupid. And
0: I stopped watching I, it. I,
3: by the <laughs> way to be want...
0: fair, the original UK one it's based off. Um which, which is brilliant, I think. Uh he thro- he does throw off a building, so
3: yeah. I uh, by the way on the on, the, on, the, pre- on the previous true. question I just thought of another like very well adapted thing uh, the right. wire the wire yeah. is is an yeah, adaptation of hom- homicide a year on the killing streets and I think it's a very wonderful yeah. adaptation that that that's very loose based off of a reporter's book right like uh, yep. yeah the wires wires a great series
2: all right we I'm gonna do one more. Long question. And then I was going to get through this one real quick, which is what do you think about the LEC hosting and promoting LCS? For example, in regards to the interest of LEC team owners being overstepped for the interest of LCS team owners, whatever. It's all owned by the same company. Like that's fine. It's cool. You should cross promote as much as possible. I don't think that's controversial. Um, and so the last question, because we're, you know, we've been on the show forever now, is yeah. Opinion, and this is relevant to Jacob Wolf. Opinion on the Sky Williams House shit typhoon. <laughs> uh, so good.
3: Jacob, there you go. There you go. <laughs> no, I said I said this earlier. There's a a big uh, there's a big video that came out this past week that's kind of resurfaced it uh, by a YouTuber named uh, Technicals, who's kind of uh, of the same cloth as Keemstar, um, drama YouTuber, and I think he I think he like. The argument that the fact that people can't understand is that an why... accurate
0: description, by the way, Jacob? Because I don't want you to get caught out when you oh, say from the oh, same cloth. Right. Do you mean he is like they both do drama YouTube content, or do you mean he is similarly controversial? they
3: do? They do both. Both he, uh, okay. he, he's a drama YouTuber who is controversial among uh. Yeah, among sort of the the rest of the community, and is, from screenshots we saw this past week, acting in bad faith as he wants to dox a 15-year-old. Here's what I'll say. There was a screenshot that came out of him that he put on his stream of a conversation he had with Zero, the the former TSM Smash player who was accused multiple times of sexual harassment— and they are trying to decipher who an anonymous fi- – a girl who was at one time anonymous and uh, – or was anonymous when she came out. And she was 15, and she claimed that, that Zero was uh, sexually explicit with her, and they are trying to figure out who it is. If you don't immediately know who that person is, if you did that to more than one teenager, you have a problem. Like <laughs> – Seriously, if you don't if you don't know which one, if you have to go, which one is it? There's a problem. And and there was a Discord conversation between the two of them that Technol showed on a stream last week. That was basically like, trust the plan. We'll figure it out together. Well, you know, if we can discredit this one person, they'll flip and tell us who she is. It was like, like when Riot got them lawsuits. Like a woman is suing you. <laughs> Which one?
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, for, a second, for for systemic and sexism and inappropriate sexual behavior and they were like well, right, this well you, you are was. going to have to narrow it down that's <laughs>
1: one of those giant boards of who am I up and front in front of the woman <laughs> right um, on, give me more
3: exactly. you, know, so, like, so you on, are going to have so to narrow the, it down the, prop, the problem with the technical videos is, is it, it tries to discredit Jisoo but by saying she was vindictive and that there was a group chat with the roommates of the Sky House saying that she was vindictive Addictive towards Sky. Okay, put yourself in her shoes for just a minute. If you are a teenager, you are moved out to this random house and you are molested by a man 10 years your senior, right? If that's the case, wouldn't you fucking hate the people that that allowed that to happen to you and house the man? (laughs) I want to be vindicated. (laughs) Yeah, it seems quite reasonable. (laughs) Like, 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 (laughs) put yourselves in the shoes of someone who was traumatized. Like, yeah, of course she's upset. Does that make what she said any less truthful? No, but of course she's upset. And like in the case of like what it tried to do to break down my article on the whole situation, it did nothing to discredit Brandon Woody who who was a big part though I interviewed him twice for my story. Um was a big part of the reporting I did. Like the whole thing, it was the only person that YouTuber talked to. This is why I say it's in bad faith. The only people he talked to were Sky Williams and Zero. He did not talk to any of the other roommates who talked to me, by the way, would probably talk to him. I, I would. I would understand if the victims didn't want to talk to him because he's done several videos where he's trying to to clear the name of people accused of sexual abuse, right? Like anti and others. Um. So I would understand if you were the victim, you wouldn't want to talk to them. Um. But nonetheless, like talk to the other roommates who lived in the house and have an opinion. And he didn't. So I. I. I I've been kind of bothered by the whole thing the past few days because I just think like some common sense. Of course, someone is upset that, that, that was allowed to happen to them. Uh, you know, look, I think this
2: guy Williams house is, I
3: interviewed you for that story, by the way. So yeah, there you yeah. Go. I mean, there I, go.
2: I lent him a thousand bucks. He did pay me back uh, for what it's worth. But, he said that. I mean, yeah, he's also, you know, <laughs> grifted many, 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 many people. Um, and I, I, I think in a nutshell, like, it shows many of the worst aspects of esports, which is that things appear fun on the surface and grassroots on the surface, but the lack of professionalism, the lack of oversight, um, the large number of young people means that it is rife for abuse. Um, and you are going to get many, many bad actors that would be rooted out quickly in other industries for their behavior. But they are allowed to basically hide and abuse people within within a a kind of competitive gaming world um partially because there's not you know enough money partially because there's a kind of a lack of professionalism and experience which is slowly getting better over time but you know <laughs>
3: it's it's Here, I just want to end, uh, like, I just want to say this about this, this topic, right? Like, because it's clear from seeing the, the, the conversation that technicals had with zero on that, that he showed on that stream clear. Like I interviewed Sky Williams for four and a half hours for that piece earlier in the year. Right. Where a lot of it, like at one point, the first interview I did, he was super drunk and belligerent. And then the second time when I came back and interviewed him two days later, he's like, I just want to let you know. And, and we quoted this. I just want to let you know, I'm sorry for being angry and black. It's literally what he said to me. And I was just like weird okay uh, like what yeah you, like, you have to be whoa, like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. listen no, like, mate you don't have to apologize i had that on that recording
0: yeah yeah uh, it's like so wild dude
3: <laughs> i was like, like oh, what like i don't you and you can't just blame the fact that you're like trying to discredit people on like a st- racial stereotype that's not okay oh, either, that's white right, like we see yeah 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 and so like the whole thing is like the whole thing is ridiculous what what bothers me though is like these people get zero sky anti all these guys they can go have a life doing something else they don't have to be public figures in power but they're so clinged on to it that like they're literally like working with drama youtubers to like try to discredit their victims no like, that's li- not okay no either.
0: nobody likes it when it's over though Jacob. but uh, that, that's it's true you know it's like all these streamers who hang around too long all these influencers who hang around too long they get embroiled in all this shit and then you know they think they can go away for a little bit and come back and sometimes they actually can cuz their communities are fucking trash it, it, it's just another reason richard lewis manifesto esports must be destroyed so <laughs> it all comes back to that
2: Esports, Delanda Est. Uh, are you are you familiar with? <laughs> yeah,
3: it has got to go.
0: <laughs> you
2: familiar with the the quote about uh, Carthage must be destroyed?
3: Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> Except Carthage, actually. The sad thing about that quote is Carthage, they didn't deserve it. <laughs> worth? Yeah, they did not deserve all the wreck. Esports definitely does. Yeah. Uh. Mm.
2: That's funny. Well. Sounds like uh, Thor, do you have any thoughts on the, the Sky
1: Williams business? All I'll say is this. I never gave that fucking clown any of my time I, when we're talking about the time period when he was famous about seven, six, seven years ago. I don't miss. I have an insane radar for people who are utter cretins. And once I'd bl- I... Like, you're just done at that point in time. So, I, I just listen, I don't pick many people, but the ones that I do just completely disassociate from... Because the problem with him was he was just an obvious rampant narcissist from day one. There was no, I never bought anything... Here's the other thing, right? Growing up as someone who had to learn how to, like, read Facial React and how people actually are it was so obvious this guy wasn't like a fucking legitimate genuine person that he was just sort of a fraud Now, as far as I can tell, it turns out he's a fraud from himself, and that's how he even embroiled his friends and all this stuff. So it was even more tragic. He wasn't even just a grifter. In some ways, I can at least acknowledge the grifter who understands what he's doing. As far as I can tell, this is a guy who's even lying to himself the whole time. But like one of the mad red flags for me was, if you remember, he was one of the first people to ever do one of those videos where he's just crying because he's had his ad rev taken away on YouTube. Like, oh, guys. Ah." And it's like, mate, there's something something
3: really wrong when um, doing that. He was kind of the inventor of what became the T. Martin dog apology, like the yes. the like holding your dog. How are we going to make this video? I want it like, on the public record. Like shit. I've
0: gone out drinking with Sky. I've t- I've got Sky wrecked in a Vegas casino and tucked him up in bed, and you know we've hung out and I I, I like I don't know motherfuckers like a lot of people in this business like they just lose sight of what's going on they get swept up in it and shit happens in their fucking orbit they don't do anything to stop it and that's bad and you've got to carry the can for that and then people think they don't have to carry the can for that uh, and they'll never have to carry it uh, well, when when the story uh, broke it wasn't that I was one of those people who like made a point of like cutting him off but I didn't reach out to him either and I wanted to see if he'd reach out to me. And he didn't. So it was like, obviously, he didn't think that highly of me that he was going to turn to me in in a fucked up situation. But equally, I know him to be a liar and a fantasist a little bit. Not the worst type of person you're going to come across in eSports. seemed to me he got wrapped up in the idea of having an entourage and being the guy who was going to pay for everything when the times were good, and when he had money. He gave it away, essentially, because he wanted people to look up to him. And when he had no money, he didn't have the sense to say, fuck, I've got no money. <laughs> he... uh Kept paying for things he couldn't afford. Yeah, you're being very charitable because here's the problem, right? When you I say am, it like yeah.
1: that, it sounds so reasonable. Like you know, and then he got into trouble next thing you know, he was lending money to maintain life. The problem with that, Richard, is I just to take it back to my real life. If I literally stole a hundred pounds from someone, I'd be fucking dead the next day, hung off a fucking like washing line. Like the idea yeah. that you could never amass like tens of thousands stolen and then go, oops. My bad, guys. I was going through depression. Like, what? Well, I'd love to live in your fucking world. Tell you I'm out of jail. Should we talk about the term privilege, motherfucker? Because you've got so much coming out your ass. You thought it was talent?
0: No. So, <laughs> uh, uh, no. But uh, but on, on that point, it's like that. I know this makes me sound like a big softy, and what I'm supposed to do is go, yeah, fuck, fuck it, I hate I hate all of them. I hate it. all of the people who steal and lie all of the time. There is sometimes some context, and I think I think with Sky, I think what happened was he kept getting in too deep. He kept lying to people. He kept asking to borrow money. He asked to borrow money off me. He caught me at a real bad time, or I would have lent him a bunch, actually. It was just after I'd paid for something else, and uh, paid a lot up front. And uh, otherwise, he could have had, he could have probably le- lent on me for 10 grand, which is what he was asking for. And I would never have seen that again. Yeah, uh, and no, and, and not, no, no, no doubt, something it... I would have, I'd be like, yo, fuck well, it. Well, like, there's, Dude, the worst there's... thing
1: is, if we could only go back in time and sell Travis Scafford with Sky Williams as his benefactor, they could have bankrolled this shit for half a decade. Fucking Bob's your uncle, kill two birds, with one stone.
3: But, but the, like, the, the whole thing's just. <laughs> <laughs> incredibly complicated, and and what what bothered me is someone who interviewed him for four and a half hours is he was very obsessed with what Twitter eggs are saying, which yeah. like yeah. yeah, like like he was like people are calling me the Epstein of Smash, and I was just like Scott.
0: Yeah. You, don't you. you don't hell own your you don't own your own island <laughs> and hate <laughs> your I, I, I was but, like, I was, I was was like, like and he's like he's <laughs> such a melodramatic <laughs> cunt like you see No, it, it's things like that that make me fucking miss the I cunt know. in a way He was know. so over the top he didn't do any of the bad shit that happened in his house it's just that you've got to carry a can for happening on your watch in your gaff right but he didn't fucking molest anybody or do anything but, fucked but up that's, like that.
3: But that's what that's what bothered me was he kept saying like, well, people are saying like, people are saying that that I raped people and I abused I sexually abused no people. No one and said I was like, that either. I was, like, right? Sky, I was like, who said that? The Twitter egg with two followers? Yeah. yeah. Like, nobody of critical note. Sky, I'm not accusing you of that. I'm you about the stuff that happened in your house no i think think the the real
0: reason jake i think the real reason i'm sympathetic is sky williams became a public figure almost overnight blew the fuck up and like me like you when you don't conceive of yourself as a public figure uh, it's impossible to understand the rules you have to play by as a public figure and that's what fucked him Uh, that People are going to say mad shit about you. You're a public figure, of course. You know that celebrity you talk shit about? Yeah, that's you now, to that person. You, yeah, you have to live with it. And he never he never understood that. I, I don't think he's a bad on malevolent level I force. I, I, I think he's a narcissist who got kind of a bit wrapped up in his whole lives. don't think he ever meant to hurt anybody. I think the whole entourage thing got out of his control at the end of the day. It's one thing to have like two or three mates you look after and cut checks for and buy meals for. But by the time you have
3: 25 people. Yeah, by, the, by the time enough, you
0: have yeah. 20 motherfuckers sleeping on the floor in a yeah. house that's your lease that you can't even afford to <laughs> rent for. Like like he needed a motherfucking intervention, but the only people in his orbit were the fucking leeches and scumbags that were using him for a paycheck. So I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit sympathetic because uh, I, I know the guy. But
3: I think I, you can play play both sides of the ball here. You can be sympathetic yeah, towards probably. that and then also at the same time be like, but why didn't you why didn't you intervene if you you know I asked him this, like I was like, why didn't you know, because I've seen screenshots of like other roommates telling him that that they hear a, a teenage girl being molested in his home, right? They're they're in the same room as as the the man and, and the girl, right? And it's like, so why didn't you intervene? And he's like, oh well I like had suspicions and I was gonna call CPS or whatever, right? And child protective yeah. services. And it's like, okay, so why didn't you? Yeah, probably all right, like like why like why didn't you? If you knew this was happening, kick them the fuck out of the house. And he and but Instead, like, he would go to, in this case, Jisoo, he would go to her and be like, can I help you? Like, is there something wrong? And of course she said no, because she felt powerless. She was in a place she, like, she had nowhere else to go. Her family was really, like, terrible to her, too, you know? Like, what is, what is she going to say? Yes, guy, help me. No, she's going she's gonna to lie. And that's, uh, like, ju- an understandable, Just you know? on a
0: serious note, thinking about what he said, where people called him the Epstein of Smash, he sort of is, in a way, because he didn't kill himself. We're out,
2: Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Wow. Well, <laughs> that's not where I that to go. Damn. Jesus. Uh, well, on that note, uh, you know, just another fucked up day in, in the world of esports. And Richard, I do appreciate uh, that you know uh, you you did bring up the esports must be destroyed, which I think is a fantastic way to end our show. From now on, don't because I think right? <laughs> no, no. The so, but, so. The the whole thing is, uh, is if you guys don't uh, no, is this like an, an esports
0: game. cryptocurrency? You, you met me at <laughs> a very strange time, it's
2: all
1: <laughs> towers just coming down.
2: So, so the whole thing is, if you guys don't know, look up Carthago Delenda Est, which is Latin for no, Carthage cannot be destroyed. Yeah, there you go. A Cato quote. But I think it's it's definitely a, 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 okay. a Kato is one of your heroes yeah, as he got I'm, angry.
0: I, I, I've got about five books about Kato up there. <laughs> <laughs> you're able to them, no joke.
2: So was, uh, it, Rome's
0: it did, Last Citizen is a great book. Read that. It,
2: there you go. And so eSports, the Linda Est as well. I think it's a great way to end this show in general because it's always the topic of why this show exists. So anyway, we'll see you guys next time on The Four Horsemen. Probably soon, given how things are going and our schedules are are freed up right now for everybody involved. No more. Well, Thorin has RMRs, but no one else does. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys, for watching. We'll see you next time.